this this is an extinction level event for startups," said Gary Tan, <laughs> nice. CEO of Y Combinator. Yay! Today we celebrate. <laughs> yes. VC dies. Oh my In god! Flames. Should, I, I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna read that quote on the on the podcast. Welcome to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet Podcast, the only podcast to combine the subjects of gaming, tech, media, and puppets for no easily explainable reason. It is March 10th, 2023. You are the internet. I am Kevin Blades. My pronouns are he, him, and this is episode five of Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet Podcast. Taking a breath... Joining me are my co-hosts. His pronouns are he, him. It's Jamie, a.k.a. Scumboy. Hello. And his pronouns are he, him. It's Andrew, a.k.a. Bat Phantom. Happy Mario Day, everybody. So I don't know it's what Mario that, Day. I know, I know it's supposed to be Mario Day, but I don't actually know March, why. March 10th, M-A-R-1-0. Oh, my God. That's it. That's, That's all they got. I thought it was like, oh, this is when nope. Mario Send tweet. Not a goddamn thing. No. It's simply <sighs> It spells March Mario 10th. in March short form and 10. I don't and want to live on this planet. To celebrate March 10th, Mario Day, tickets are now on sale for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, that thing with, what's his name? Chris oh Pratt. Chris God. Pratt, playing Chris Pratt as Chris Pratt. The fact that they got you know, Chris Pratt still I still haven't heard me. his Mario voice. What is You it? haven't watched the trailer? It's I Chris Pratt. Not. It's literally his speaking Pretty voice. much straight up Chris Pratt. He's not even trying to, to hide you it. You know, like, noted Italian-American Chris Pratt. You, you pay Chris Pratt. $10 million to do a comedy or to do a, a cartoon, he's going to do Chris Pratt because you're paying for Chris Pratt. So why would he do a voice? Well, it's like Nicolas Cage. Pratt? You get Nicolas Cage yeah, being yeah. Nicolas Cage in a movie. Yes, exactly. Also, I just love the fact that you can't say his name without saying Crisp Rat. Yes. Crisp. Yeah. Right. It's like uh, Huge Ackman. Yes. <laughs> yes. What we need for this role is another bland white guy. Oh, my oh we have so many. Do you know how many <laughs> bland white guys we got in the back here? <laughs> Most of them are named Chris. <laughs> at least six. We got we got all gross of Chris. We we really overinvested in Chris's in the eighties, oh. and so now we're it's reaping true. the benefits. I am oh. looking forward to Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Chris Pine in uh, the Dungeons and Dragons Chris movie, Pine. though he looks like he's going to be a lot of fun in that. It actually does look kind of good. He may take over the top Chris spot. Who's currently occupying it? Probably I think it's still Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, oh, Hemsworth's yeah. Still, still no. He's actually personable and apparently yeah. a really nice guy on top of it. And he's, he's fucking beautiful. His, um, he's a beautiful man. His special on uh, Disney Plus is supposed to be good, like the Human yeah. Limits. Um, it, it, as a person who was, you know, he had trained to a certain level. Right, right. Uh, and he's aging. He wants to know, like, what he can expect going yeah. forward. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's supposed to be very... Chris, yeah. Chris call me. It's supposed to be very interesting about <laughs> yeah. him looking into how to extend and, and stuff like that. It's, and then the poor fucker just determ- or finds out that he's actually got the genome for uh, Parkinson's or something. Oh, something really? Like that. Yeah. yeah. So that that's an awful life-altering moment. Yep. Good times. On that note. On <laughs> that note. So, uh, I don't know. How y'all been? <sighs> Doing well. It's been we, less, one day less than two weeks. Uh, for, oh, yeah. For yeah, some reason, uh, the, the mood hit me, and I've listened to like... Two Foss pods and a tech pod this week. Nice. So I still another convert. Pods. I just don't listen to podcasts. I you know I, I I don't normally. I've been listening to a lot of music, but I kind of OD'd on music last week and uh, <laughs> during my commutes. So I'm like, I need a a palate cleanser. I'm I, the opposite. I I absolutely gorge on podcasts because like either 
it's for when I'm exercising or when I'm working and I'm sitting there hand sewing. Yeah. Right. That's I need my podcast, mm. particularly when we're exercising, like sitting on the exercise bike. Boy, the podcast helps. The closest time. The closest by. thing I, I have to a podcast is uh, Cody's Shody. Shout out to, to Cody. Uh, Johnson on uh, YouTube. Oh, Cody Johnson, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cody's, oh, he's Cody's incredible, and his his show is basically a podcast now, like an hour each at this point. So, yeah, it's a podcast with video. I just watched the um, some more news video about woke Hollywood. Yeah, that was real good. Oh, he's I, he's so great. I listened to this podcast, <laughs> and then I also listened to the Tech Pod and the Foss Pod. I think those are the two that have really been. Yeah. I listened to the Samba episode, and that was so interesting on the the Foss Pod. Yeah, yeah, they do good work. We got we actually have. Some overlap in in community members between us and the tech bot. Oh, so, well, that's yeah. nice. Awesome. We should get uh, we should get not that Will Smith on the. Uh, <laughs> you know, the pod. I, I've actually because I'm a, on, on Patreon yeah. and so I'm on the, on their Discord as well. And like I've had you know, people on the on the Discord for the tech bot going. You should just approach them and say like get me on as a guest because yeah. but I, there's not that much overlap. Like I don't know what the heck I would talk about. The technology like, of puppets. Yeah. There's not much. It's, it's open source, though. It's well, kind of. The thing I know we're getting the ladder on, stitch is, we, uh, is not yeah. a copyrighted uh, thing. We love a tangent here on pixels and puppets, uh, but the the thing that kills me about podcasters is they must have so much free time to do this. Like when somebody says, "Hey, have come you on my podcast," in a mirror. <laughs> no, I know we are podcasters. I know, but but. But I'm, I'm okay. I don't let's get how see. they have so much you know free what? time. He says people in his free with, time people doing with a millions of podcasts. People that do this shit for a living. Let you know, me. My problem is too much free time. Yeah. Anyway, it's just the fact that you get invited on a podcast these days. You're committing yourself to like two to three hours. Yeah. You know, it's and and it it was an incredible. I don't know their, some levels, but I don't know their workflow. But the the Fosspot, at least, it sounds like a sit down interview that they then edit into the the podcast. God format. willing, they give yeah. them some some time. That's to, what the Fosspot is like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it just it just kills me how much. And then how, they record long, like a bumper at the beginning and then the yeah. end. I mean, the first podcast I was ever made aware of was Kevin Pollock's show, which I think it was a podcast before they were podcasts. I mean, he he would basically just record him sitting down with with some of his hollywood buddies and just t- just talking shit for two hours and at the time it was glorious there was nothing like it it was incredible like just unfiltered you know two friends shooting the shit about the industry and it was Which just, you were just flying the wall. um he was in the usual suspects Oh, he was the one that didn't go into space in Apollo 13. That is correct. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, that guy. No, no, that's yeah. Bill Paxton. No, Bill Paxton. Wait, uh, oh, Kevin, okay. No, it was Bill no, Pullman. Kevin, Kevin Pollock. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to throw a monkey wrench. No, I'm, his, I'm pretty his, sure he was the guy left behind, and he had to figure it out with the people in NASA. Wasn't that... I don't, uh, 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 I'll bet you can hear my ice on the mic. I can. And <laughs> I can, too. I uh, I like it. It's, yeah. uh, the Usual it, Suspects was his, was his biggest role. I mean... Here's a picture of Kevin Pollack oh, for good. Jamie. Oh, there, there you go. Thank that, you. That doesn't look anything like what I pictured that person yeah. to look like. He's he's one of the. He also uh, I don't know the, Wait, the, the image on the top the is, is him in. I guess he must have been in one of the Batman cartoons. <laughs> hey, that's the Joker image I use for my Joker video. Anyway, he's a, anyway he's one of the greats. One of the greats. Uh, and anyway, he was one of the one of the earliest people to do anything that would be close to a podcast mm. because and it was just the whole. 
unfiltered. Let's just sit down and we'll have some some webcams and we'll just we'll just we'll just talk. It'll be great. I don't know if he cut it much or, the, or what. Spawn the genre, and we are currently in it. We That's right. We sure are. And, and have free time, according to him. <laughs> one of the, one of the Oh, nothing but, really. One of the few groups oh, uh, talking about puppets, though, so we got that. It's true. We do have that. Um, so, we do have one announcement before we move on. I so, saw this in the notes, and I'm like, what is it? <laughs> well, you should know what it is. Oh, do I? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, we have a new contest. So, as Andrew so helpfully pointed out during the last podcast... I'm helpful! Goodoldgames.com has a sale on Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition. I did, in fact, go and purchase five keys for Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition. And as regular listeners know, I am working on a server for the Operation Puppet community to play Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition. Now, if you don't happen to already own Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition, how many times can I say that in a row? I'm saying at least three more. Probably this one. This is it. Ah! Um, I am holding a contest to give away five copies of Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition. I was wrong. I yep. did at least once more. <laughs> oh boy! So um, now here's the thing: it's uh, there. There are goodoldgames.com keys, so you will need a goodoldgames.com account to claim it. Free to get. Mm-hmm. Um, Free to get. It'll be a non-DRM'd download. Yes, exactly. So they will want you to install their launcher. You do you not. Do not have to. There's a uh, a separate link that you can just download the yeah. installer, and it's usually a zip file. I with- mean, if you play video games, you probably already have mm-hmm. a log account. Uh, if not, it's good. Old, it's gog.com, G-O-G.com. Mm-hmm. And they give away a lot of games. Yeah, they usually do. they have a sale and there'll be like a free game. Yeah. So uh, all you got to do is send an email to podcast at operationpuppet.com. Um, you don't need to send me your shipping address or anything. It's, it's your social insurance this time, though. Yeah. It's weird. We just need it. I just need your mother's maiden name. That's yeah, all. And yeah, and the last three digits of your credit card. Yeah, exactly. Which one of these is a fire hydrant? That's right. You know, that's please, all we need is please that. Please train my uh, my my machine learning model. Yeah. It's really? running. It's running the dungeon. Exactly. Uh, no. So all you got to do is send send an email to Operation Podcast at OperationPuppet.com. I've had a weird day. Let me mm. tell you. Anyway. Um, Send an email to that. There are five copies to give away. First five people to send me an email will get a copy of Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition. Now, you don't need a really super duper computer to run this. These are PC it's releases. So, 20 year or, old games. Yeah. So. so it's PC, Mac, or Linux. So mm-hmm. you get a wide variety of things. I mean, I run this on my Mac laptop, like, and it's fine. Also a Linux server. Also a Linux server. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We'll get to that later. But um, so there you go. There's the new contest five copies to give away. And uh, basically, I'm just bribing listeners to play my game with me. That's right. That's, that's, that's all this is. Come beta test it. Please, God. Yeah, so we are going to be going into a test release soon. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that later, but uh, I, I just I need I need bodies. I need people in the server to test it. So. After last podcast, we actually tested it briefly uh, here. Sitting with your Steam Deck. Yes, with the Steam Deck. It's great. It was great. It's insane. Side note: Before we move on, yeah. I I looked up uh, Kevin Pollock, and and the you you notice the Joker image in the movie Injustice, uh-huh. which came out uh, in 2021, based on the video game. He played. There was a movie. Of they him made a movie of this. I watched it. It's bad. It did, was it direct to video? Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. It, that I, ex- I think that it was actually made, a lot. It, it may have been made for television, honestly, but it's not great. He played the Joker, the President, and Jonathan Kent. Wow. <laughs> the 
that's range. That's range, that's friends. Range. That's range. Can I do my? I haven't done the Joker in a long time. Can you give me an Obats? Obats. That's. <laughs> it's good. I don't think you're having fun anymore. We should get Mark Hamill on the pod. Uh, you know, Mark. He's give me got a call. Time. He's got time. Call me. Uh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, and we will be back with the Puppet Pit. entered an alternate dimension. A dimension of fleece and fur, of foam and industrial adhesives. So I hope you have good ventilation. A signpost up ahead. Watch your step. You have just stumbled into the Puppet Pit. Welcome to the Puppet Pit, where we talk about the puppet side of Pixels and Puppets. What I personally have been doing for the past two weeks. Can we talk about industrial adhesives? Sure. Uh, you mentioned uh, ventilation. Yes. Um, have you had any incidents where you didn't ventilate property, properly and had um, some fun times? Good question. Good question from the audience. Thank you. Andrew. Yes, yes. I love, I love to stimulate conversation. <laughs> so, um, kind of, yeah. Neat. So when, back, back in the olden days, um, before the diabetes diagnosis, <laughs> um, I wasn't as careful as I should be with the ventilation. So I would do, I would, I would build and I would build with barge. I would always have the window open and the fan going, but I wouldn't always wear a ventilator. And oh. there are plenty of live stream archives out there that, that show this. Um, and then I had some health problems. Now, it turns out none of these were related to inhaling, you know. You never solvents. came down with uh, acute bargitis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it scared me enough that I'm like, this could be a thing. I should get serious about this. And it's true because there are like, uh, I think one of the people who used to work on the Muppets actually en- ended up dying of Jesus. some kind of esophageal mm-hmm. irritation because they weren't, you know. So, yeah. No, when we say use, I think it's, use ventilation. I think it's worse when you stipple the barge because you're kind of stimulating it. You're, 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 you're pulling it apart it, yeah. and it, 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 little bits will be breaking off as you uh, as you aerate it. And, and that will be direct contact yeah. with it as opposed to just the fumes. But, yeah. One of the things I tell people is like because because industrial adhesives like barge or any of the any of the, the heavy duty contact cements like you know there's Weldwood and there's uh, Masters there's a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Um, do all eighty eight is another one. Um, people get frightened of them and, and justifiably so because yes it is it, it is a an industrial chemical hazard. You do have to be serious about it when you're working with it. But there also is no substitute for it. Mm. Nothing nothing will perform like this stuff does. And there's a reason people put up with it. There's a reason that what you about, have to use it. What about egg whites? <laughs> no, definitely not egg whites. Um so so but the thing is like don't be scared of it. That's what I keep trying to tell people. It's like mm. if you if you take the precautions, if you have good ventilation and you wear a respirator you're fine. Everything is perfectly fine. Tons of people have been in this industry and not had any problems as long as they they follow the safety precautions. And something like people keep trying to substitute hot glue for right. for uh, industrial contact cement. And it is not a substitution. Not only that, it's more dangerous in my view than than flinging hot viscous items i don't understand how hot glue has got this reputation for being a beginner friendly tool because it's not it's It's nightmarish 
fucking napalm. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like it's and it's a gun. It's literally melted glue. Yeah. That's what it is. It is it is glue that has got hot enough to melt. It I, will burn I, you. I think they see it as more beginner friendly because you're not dealing with a liquid adhesive. True. It's in it's it's handleable at room it's solid at room temperatures. I and guess you don't the distribution have to worry. method because it's a gun. Yeah, you, you know. Yeah, I get that. But like, nah, no. I have had more injuries from hot glue than anything else that I have used in public building. It is the most dangerous thing I use. So you can't get high off off of barge, is what you're saying. I don't as know. As long as it's properly ventilated. I, mean, I haven't yet, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> we don't know of any recreational barge users. I don't. Right. I would not. Do, please do not use barge recreationally. Good to know. But or while- as Scarlet, shout out Scarlet, would call it danger honey. Um... <laughs> We also have in the Discord, in the questions channel, a oh. podcast question that we didn't Shut answer the last front door. podcast. Jamie is on it. Thank you. When I you totally said, forgot. When you said listener question, I'm like, oh, we have one in the questions well channel. Well done. I actually, I straight up forgot Jamie's on it. Thank Jamie. Yes. Please read the question because I actually so, forgot. Pinnacles? I believe. I, I was saying pineocles, and pineocles, I have not yet been corrected, so. um, had a question. Um, I mean, if I say it, people are going to say it the same way as me. They want to know how we pronounce a word. <laughs> um, so it's this question right there. Read the last word oh, no. of the sentence. I have a podcast question oh, at the beginning of it. The, oh, right. Oh, I, I almost the heard question. the other one is the question. Um, Read the last word. That's the one we have to pronounce. Fill the dead air. Fill the dead air. We're, oh, uh, do you want me to pronounce it? Well, I mean, we all have read to it, say it. Okay. And then we'll, so, we'll all say it at the same time. So is that how we're going to do it? It took me to find the question. Can I put a podcast question here? I just want to know how everyone pronounces and then the word. I forgot. I forgot what the word is. It's the word at the end of that sentence. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm, I don't know if we can all just say it, but I, I say it. Cacophony. 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 Okay, so yeah. it's. It, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to bias <laughs> it by not, reading the question and then say, fair. "How do we say cacophony?" And then everyone goes, "Well, it's cacophony." How um, else can you say it? Is the question cacophony? Yeah. Cacophony. Yeah. It, Putting the emphasis on the cacophony sounds like a um, a uh, <laughs> really funkadelic <laughs> album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or somebody's is not just not just a fake, but a terrible fake. Like they're a cacophony. Yes. Okay, that's yes. Yes, but, like a uh, shitty phony, a yes, cacophony. Exactly. exactly. No, cacophony. Right. No. There we go. We have calls. Your question has been answered. We have to remember the article has spoken. English is the worst. Oh God. Oh yeah. It's incredible how how many uh, just rules and, we have and, and how many sometimes rules are why? out the goddamn They're window. unbelievably arbitrary. This is totally. why like so many people who speak a language that has more formalized structure. Mm-hmm. Go come to English and it's like this is chaos. Th- just, there's no way. I read uh, just this uh, just the other day that Turkish has no uh, gender. Uh, is usage, that gender right? Problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. very interesting. I, I like it. Surprising. Um, now segue that into puppets. Again. Now, yes, I hear. Good luck. You've had your first foster failure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, yes. As as the readers of the blog might know, um, so I had I had. I have now formally retired the model uh, known as the Newt. Because oh, so you're not going to... I'm not going to make any more. If somebody wants one, I'll make one, So obviously. if somebody, somebody requests one yeah. or puts in a commission for one. they were. It was a prototype model that I made of... It was literally a Newt, like uh, the amphibian, a Newt. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I did the prototype a couple of years ago and, uh, it, I've made, I think three, I got to go back and check. It may only be two, but at, at the very most three. Well, the thing about Newt is they mostly come out at night. Mostly. Okay. Is that it's is an that aliens a, reference. Is it? There's the, the, okay. the girl calls Newt, herself great. Newt. Newt's the survivor of, of oh, right. LV-427. Yes. Gotcha. Um, and they, they always take a long time to sell. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where it's like, I made this new. So, so the reason I went for a new in the first place was because, uh, there was a character introduced in season one of the Oracle, Nigel, the newt. Mm-hmm. And there was like a play on Kermit the Frog because the puppet or that was, that I had commissioned. This is before I started building, uh, was very Kermit the Froggy. Mm-hmm. But I decided to make him a newt, and there was a whole joke about, oh, this is not a frog, this is a newt. Right? Oh, I'm not a frog, I'm yeah. a newt. <laughs> so um, I decided to make a new model based on that, and I always kind of wanted, I, I, I had always intended to reintroduce Nigel as a character into the Oracle, and this was going to be the model that the new Nigel was. And so the one that I had made most recently, it was last June, uh I really, in the back of my head, as I was making it, I was like, okay, I've done the prototype, I've done another one, now I want to do the the one. And so I made that, and I was like, well, I need, I like it a lot, and I, I like it a lot, but I still, I need the money. Mm-hmm. So I, need, I had to put it up on the shop. Nobody bought it. Hmm. So last week I went, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to move it to the Etsy shop, because it was on the direct shop, which gets like a fraction of the traffic of the Etsy shop, obviously. Yeah. Move it to the Etsy shop. If it doesn't sell on the Etsy shop within a week, it's mine. That date was up today, so Nigel's coming home. Welcome home, be, Nigel. It's going to be a new character on the Oracle. In fact, probably the next episode of the Oracle is going to be the reintroduction of Nigel because I've taken it off the shop. I have now claimed it for my own. And there's going to be no more news unless somebody specifically requests it. That's fair. If it's been a... Uh the kind of a stagnant seller. It's- yeah. And I don't, I don't know why I think it may be because it's the full body mm-hmm. and because of that, it's, it's a little more expensive. It's more, right? more of your so, time and then more expensive. Yeah. It's kind of like, it, and it's funny. We were talking about this last time about how like the size of the puppet seems to be the thing that people get fixated on. And it's like, I could charge $500 for a live hands monster. No problem. And mm-hmm. they always sell $500 for a full body newt, for example. Uh, uh-uh. uh. yeah, that ain't, that ain't flat. Cause newts are small. And that seems to be the thing people get hung up on is the yeah. size of the puppet seems to be the thing. And like, it's let me very, tell you, folks, very large newt. It ain't the thing. That is not what counts when it comes to like the. You the should cost say it's much larger than a real newt. It is much larger than a real newt. It's true. Um, so last time I remember that we were talking about like because we always talk about the previous uh, fortnights, as it were, builds. And I was disappointed because I'd only built three puppets in the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Guess how many I built in the past two weeks? Three. Exactly three. So what you're saying is that you were disappointed in your, your average output. So this is not necessarily my average output. This was planned. That's yeah. the difference. Because I had that really crappy week, mm-hmm. you know, three weeks ago. And I went, you know what? I'm going to just take some time in the coming week and I'm going to play. I'm going to experiment with the the thing that we talked about last time, which was the Grovery head shape. And I had that really neat fur. And so I took a whole week and I just messed around and I came up with a whole new design. And it worked out real good. Grovery Monster's brother is... (laughs) 
stunning. So that's what I, it worked out so well that that's what I did this week was I made another one with a different head shape oh, and different features and everything. It's so good. And and that one just sold. Nice. Did it? To today. Yeah. Really? <laughs> the new one just sold today. Oh, wow. To a repeat client and who's a new client as well who literally just bought one a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Actually, and they saw it up on uh, Instagram and went, oh, I need that it's, one too. It's, so it had so much personality. The eyes, your, the, your new eye process is so fantastic. That's the big thing. Other than the, the head shape and the really neat color and texture of fur. And, and the variegated length of the fur. Yes. The fact that you left some long on top. So if you've tuned into the, the live streams, uh, the build streams every one. Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern on Twitch and YouTube. Check the link tree. Hey, it's almost like I practiced that. Mm-hmm. Um, you will. I did basically the same thing in the past two live streams, but they've been really fun. And it's basically to the salon because I've been shaving monsters. <laughs> monsters are such <laughs> interesting no, there's people. There's so many Bugs Bunny memes that, that happened because of that. But yes, there's been, and it's been a lot of fun, too, because like. That's the part where I really get to play. Right? Well, it's, it's, it's the like, art. It's where it's it's like you you get the the blank thing of marble. Yeah, and you're 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 knocking stuff out, and as stuff leaves, you see what's emerging. Yeah, and you I don't sometimes I do sometimes I don't, but this time like with the with the the cone head shape yeah. monster, I didn't go in with a plan. I was just like let's just see what happens, and I just start cutting and start shaving it, and it ended up really good. And that's the fun part. That and that's the part that I think when the audience watches. They can get invested in it because it's like it's an emergent thing that's happening, right? Hopefully, financially invested. Well, you know, we'll see. It's it was a good look, but you you've changed how you do eyes recently. Yeah, so that's the other side of this is both the uh, both of the the rod arm monsters that I did for the past two weeks are using new eyes. Well, not not new, but I'm using them in a new way. So mm-hmm. there is a, a puppeteer, a puppet builder, and a puppet workshop owner uh, by the name of Stacy Gordon out of Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Stacy is fantastic and is also the performer of Julia on Sesame Street, nice. who is the, the the character that is on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. Julia's own son is also on the autism spectrum, so she has a kind of a you know an insight into how they can sensitively you know portray the character and stuff. Absolutely. Uh, and she's fantastic. And she owns a company called Puppet Pie. Puppetpie.com. Shout out Puppet Pie. Um, and among the things they make, they do workshops. It's one of the things they have is great. She's got this old ice cream van that they've converted into being like a mobile puppet workshop, puppet theater thing. Really? They just take her, it's fantastic. It's the best thing ever. That's amazing. Um, so puppet pie, uh, makes some puppet building supplies. And one of the things they make are these EVA foam spheres that have this really neat, texture on them they're this almost stippled they almost look like felted they do they like look, there's yeah. a little surface texture to them yeah, that, that, this, that comes through really good on the photos it almost looks like it's covered in fleece but yeah. not really there's yes. a little there's a little bit of texture on it so they're not just a white sphere they're these like really nice textured things and that's something that a lot of professional puppets do if you're going to use like you know something that's cast or a ping pong ball or something You'll actually spray paint it and you'll shade it a little bit. Nothing is pure white that goes on camera because it, it messes with the white balance. Well, and stuff. there's no reflection on these. Yeah, exactly. Which is amazing. Like they so, they show white, but they don't show reflection. Yeah, and so these kind of have that shading built in, mm-hmm. right? Because of the texture, and they look so good on camera. What I've started doing with the product shots for these is I started doing close-ups. I've mm-hmm. never did close-ups before. 
but I started like, you know, the camera that I use to do the product shots is a good camera and it's not got autofocus. So I have to like manually adjust the focus when I change the focal plane. But I've started doing that for these just because the the close up shots of these look so good. And the other thing that I've been doing with these eyes is instead of doing the um, the 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 pupil in the style that's like it's a flat surface mm-hmm. where I usually use like a sticky back velvet that I that I punch it with a die. Um, instead of doing those, I've been doing bead eyes, which are just like safety eyes that you can get you know anywhere like doll supply yeah, yeah. manufacturers. Um, and because they're EVA foam, they're solid, but they're super light, and you can just make a hole. Just take an all and punch a hole in it. And I've been embedding these beads into the eyes, and they look so good. Yeah, a little bit of a curvature to them. They're, yeah, they're they're three D. Then they have some gloss on them yep. that the that the eyeball does not have. It just everything looks so good. Uh, and so that's it's that's my new thing. I've just started doing that because one of the things that I've been running into is like. The eye blanks I used to get from Project, or not Project Puppet, um, um, Puppet Pelts. Mm-hmm. Can I read her caution? Sure. <laughs> caution. Choking hazard. Seriously, babies will die. <laughs> Don't be a baby killer. Use these on puppets and toys and projects intended for ages 13 and above. Wow. Stacy ain't kidding. Stacy ain't messing her. You don't mess with Stacy. Stacy don't mess around. That's, you know. I was just going to say, she mentions that they are uh, black light reactive, which is yes. cool. And then I saw the caution. I'm like, well, I got to bring that up. Yep. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Um, but where was I? Where was I going? Oh, yeah. The eye blanks with mm-hmm. Puppet Pelts. Since, since the future of Puppet Pelts is kind of in question. Nebulous. Nebulous at best. Um, they're also not restocking. So a lot of the eye blanks I used to get was from them, but I can't get those anymore. So I've been looking for alternatives. These are a definite alternative. You can cut them in half. You can, you can do Three streams ago, you tried casting your own eyes, and they, yes. you, you got like three out of six. So, yeah. Like and also, I was, because I was on stream, I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. And so I could do better. But, but you were also saying that resin was getting kind of old. It might be suspect, but it's also hard to get. That Well, this specific resin, is i found some others that might do as well there's some other materials i'm I'm messing around with but the nice thing about this over resin is that resin is heavy yes so you can't do i mean you shouldn't do a solid like hemisphere or sphere out of resin usually like a small disc that sits flatter on the skull like a flat lozenge style that's fine but anything more than that is way too heavy Um, so I don't tend to use those kind of things for eyes. That's why I focus on things like ping pong balls because they're super light and I know it doesn't seem like it should matter that much because it's not that much more weight, but every little bit counts for the puppet. And I mean, absolutely. if you've been puppeteering for any length of time, you know that literally a a single gram makes a difference. So you, you got to make your puppets as light as you possibly can. So that's always my sort of number one priority is finding light materials to use these things. And because these things are EVA foam spheres, they weigh nothing. You were saying on the Discord, they're easy to mount too. They're so easy. I literally like, so I make a bracket. If I'm doing like, say, just the spheres, like sort of fraggle style where they're just sitting on top of the head. Mm -hmm. uh, All I do is I make a little plastic plate. Yep. uh, Out of, I use uh, flexible cutting mats and then I put a couple of holes in it, put a couple of wood screws in it. And then stick that between, sandwich it between the fur or the fleece and the foam. Of the skull. And so they're, they're sticking up. And then I literally just make a hole in the in the sphere and then screw it down. Like literally take the screw and screw it down. And that's it. Yep. You, don't even, you don't even need to use adhesive. They're yep. so, because the, the foam kind of 
reforms around the thread of the screw and it just holds it. Yes. This, this is a reflection of the violence required to bring a puppet to life. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't believe it. To to get the the alignment, so what you know, first you have to sort of mark out where the eyes go, and then you have to make the holes in the fu- in the fur or the fleece. And then you have to get your hand up inside between the 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 skin and the and the skull <laughs> of the puppet. Amazing! And you have to like th- like put these wood screws up through. It looks horrifying. <laughs> like you have to. You yeah, have I think you completely destroy. I think thing. you've on screen showed us a puppet that just had the screws sticking out of its skull. Recently, somebody was asking about the brackets that I and, use for her and, eyes, and, and it's it is nightmarish with a, a puppet it just really screws is. coming it's, out of its, it's head. It's total like Clive Barker kind of yes. like pinhead style and done. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really it's like you could start a tool video with this thing. It's like yes, absolutely. tangentially. I actually just read about Clive Barker's uh, his beginnings, and he's quite an interesting person. Is he? Yes. Mm. He was a male prostitute for a period of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you know this? I did. I did well, yeah. you know. The reason he wrote Hellraisers because he worked in a lot of S&M clubs. Okay. Now and, it all and, comes together. And the Cenobites. makes sense. The Cenobites. It was supposed to be um, uh, Sadomasochists from Hell was the name of the working title of the movie. Um, and it was about <laughs> kind of people he would meet in these clubs when he was, you know, he had no money. He was yeah. working as a writer in horror and was making nothing. So it's how he augmented his income. <laughs> right Quite the story. You know, you know? Quite the story. Right about what you know. Yeah. Uh, so I, that, that's kind of it. That's where we are. So I also did a small today. Uh, oh, did with, you? Yes. With the, with the Stacey Gordon eyes as well. Cause I can't stop. I posted it on, on the discord. I you, missed you, it. You probably, no, yeah. you said you commented on it. So you definitely saw it. The small? Yeah. I said, I can't stop doing these style of eyes. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a small, I know it didn't look like a small because it's furry. It, it, it was the fur on it, yeah. which really threw me because I, I lo- really enjoy furry smalls. I do the occasional furry small and this was a furry small with the Stacey Gordon sphere it's, eyes. It's good. It's, Dan- dangerous yeah. idea. Seasonal puppets. You could have done a. He's, you could have done a St. Patrick's you, Day puppet. Oh, I. I what are you talking done, about? The Halloween oh, yeah, puppets. Uh, Halloween the only, yeah, the only season I really yeah. do is the Halloween. No, of course. Stuff, and I have but I mean, it. if you, you get a broad night. Get a really, really like, Irish this is, small. This is the... the yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have Irish in-laws. No, that's <laughs> be a bad idea. Um, this is one of the challenges with this kind of thing is like, if I was going to do a lot of seasonal stuff like that, I would have to plan it out like oh, yeah. two months ahead of time, right? No, so, I know, I know. Just, so that's... Like, and then the Halloween it, smalls, I start planning those in September. Yeah. You know? And if it doesn't sell by March 17th, uh-oh. Yeah, that's yeah. a problem. She's going on the shelf. Yeah, exactly. So Next year, my friend, mm, next year. Yeah, you could you could wait. Elf on the shelf, forget it. Elf on the shelf, meet uh, small in <laughs> the hall. That's the new show. Um, so now that's it. That's what's been going on next week. Um, so I technically could have done four puppets for the past two weeks. I could have done another small today, but I wanted to give myself. But you went through dental hell, and why do that? I did actually go through. Oh, let me tell you, I don't even want to get it. We can talk about health stuff on the podcast. Go to the Discord if you want to hear about me moaning about health stuff. But I had some dental issues on Monday. Ouch! Yeah, but don't don't push yourself. No, exactly. And it was fine. Like this was all planned. Next week is going to be another small and then four songs what's going to be on the build stream do you think oh gosh good question so monday i should be done the new small which means probably songs i guess one or or you do multiple songs at a time i do a batch of four at a time yeah that'll be fun to see 
No, I, I haven't I seen you. I've, I've never seen you make a, a sonk no. before. They're so. super simple. Like they're the simplest puppet I have. They're yeah. also the least expensive one I have. Yeah. So that's why, like, I just do the batches of four. And they're literally like one of the things that songs are good for is because if I have some scrap that I can't. Yeah, too small to do anything else with. I could make at least like a muzzle for and, a song. And you could do multicolored songs and stuff like well, that's that. It. I the, the color of the songs is based on what, what stuff you I have left yeah. over. Frankensonk. Right? Exactly. Uh, make so a, make a Frankensonk. They made a Frankensmall. Yeah, have true. you seen the Frankensmall? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> great. Great. The Frankensmall <laughs> Frank has good. so much darn charm. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, it kills me. I don't even remember who bought it. If you're out there, shout out. Uh, okay, that's it. We are going to take another quick break and we will be back with Gizmo Town. The sky above the port was the color of a YouTube video hit with a copyright takedown. Around the rainy streets, people huddled with neon umbrellas and impractical goggles. Here we fight the corporate arcologies and get excited about phones. Welcome to the mean streets of Gizmo Town. Why? Why? Are, why is your umbrella glowing? Why is that a thing? This doesn't seem practical. It's, it's mostly pra- in your why? face. I have to see where I'm going. You can't. But that's the opposite of what you're doing. It's I want people shining a light. I have to be eyes. visible for the sweepers that are coming through and cleaning the light, streets. I blame constantly. lightsabers. Chew, if you could see what I've seen through your eyes. <laughs> I have to read oh, my newspaper while I walk on my I, We streets. should do Frankie as the oh, as the voiceover for Blade Runner. What you should do is Frankie as Roy Bl- Batty yeah. in Blade Runner. <laughs> I can't even remember any of the lines now because I'm so focused on doing Frankie. Uh, sea beams glittering life. off the Tannhausen gate. gate. I've seen ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. Orion. Is know. All these memories will be lost like <laughs> tears. I don't know, in rain. I left the force because I had a belly full of killing. That's right. There we go. Perfect. I want more life, (laughs) father. (laughs) Wait, that's the director's cut. That's the wrong one. Uh, Welcome to Gizmo Town, I guess. Population us. (laughs) Yep. Boy, oh boy. I add, I don't even know if we want to talk about this, but I guess, you know, being us, we should. Um, Number one on the list. Oh, I remember this one. (laughs) Oh, boy. So the company formerly known as Facebook, currently known as Meta, apparently, according to some, these are generally – so they're not unfounded because they have confirmed that they're thinking about it. But that They probably have a team looking into – Getting into the metaverse, or not a metaverse, the uh, the meta the Fediverse, Fediverse, the activity pub. The metaverse was their bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah had me for on. a second there. They're getting into the metaverse. <laughs> Have you heard about <laughs> this? <laughs> you put the helmet on and you're inside the virtual reality. We so we don't talk with about robots. the metaverse anymore. Mark said to stop talking. Mark about Zuckerberg it. sees a thing and he's like, you know what, VR. That's a thing, right? Let's buy all the so, VR things. In a much similar vein to getting into VR too late, they're going to get into the decentralized social media too late. And they're apparently doing their own, what they're thinking of as a Twitter competitor that might 
this is the important thing, might include integration with ActivityPub, which is the protocol that drives things like Mastodon. Do you know how pre-banned they would be from all small I mean, This is why <laughs> I'm not worried about it, because like, if there's any place that's going to be like, nah, get the fuck out, it's, it's going to be Mastodon. We're, we're not like, seeing any engagement from outside of our own network. No. No, thank you. And <laughs> they don't want it. That's the thing. Like, yeah. they're, they're, they're well, why include it? it? Like, why, why give... Because that. some salesperson, when I have to justify my existence, mm. Gus went to Mark and went, Mark, Mark, <laughs> have you, you heard about me. the activity pub? I don't know what it is, but people use it. You're the new voice of Gus. Holy crap. That was good. Um, yes, that's exactly what happened because yeah. they heard of a thing and they heard that it's popular. The same reason Apple is integrating rich previews of Mastodon into iOS. The same thing. This is a hot thing marketers are all over it so mark saw that and he called tim he's like tim what's a mastodon (laughs) and tim's like well you know it's a it's based on activity pub can i buy it no you can't buy activity pub does it does it have legs (laughs) well people want it to have legs is it bigger than a bread box are we playing 20 questions does it love me can i love it no it's it's will it put me in front of the senate what apparently it is, I can't even remember what the coding is, like C29 or something like that mm-hmm. uh, for this project. They're going to base it off of Instagram. And I mean, if there's anything that is not about sharing, it's Instagram. Mm. You cannot even like re-Instagram something. Yeah. It, I can it, barely look at Instagram without an I account. Need, I, if it, that's, the, that's my last holdout to big social media because I really kind of need it. Mm-hmm. I uh, look forward to the day when I don't anymore because I am itching to get off of that thing. Um, Nothing that Mark Zuckerberg is going to try to invest in or add is going to, to work out well for anyone else. No, and this is the thing. Like, you know, of course, this was like a hot topic, you know, on, mm-hmm. on Mastodon. Everyone kind of freaking out. I was like, no, you know what? If there's anything that's bulletproof from this bullshit, I mean, the the... The Fediverse is set up to be the opposite of this. I, it's, I know that Trickster, who runs Retro Pizza, which is where I'm very happily uh, ensconced, is going to make sure that any Facebook activity yeah. pub add-in is going to be pre-blocked. I guess that's the other thing we could talk about. I didn't even add this in the show notes. I did actually change my Mastodon server. I mm. was on Mastodon.art, which were fantastic. And shout-outs to Welsh Pixie, the, the admin Nothing of but good things. Mastodon.art. They were so on top of everything let mm-hmm. me tell you like i i had never had any worry about seeing any toxic bullshit these these single person run instances like trickster is i the, don't think they're single person but trickster is the only person yeah. running retro pizza and they're 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 doing a bang up job yeah um but uh the tech pod opened up their registration for their mastodon.content.town mastodon.content.town baby so that's where I moved to just because I'm, you know, I'm already on their Patreon. So, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, I know some people there and everything. So I moved there. And, and honestly, like the, the fact that like, you know, the, the curator of Mastodon.art was like, awesome. Let us know when you're there to make sure that we're federated with your new instance. And they were like, it's super cool and friendly and everything was cool. And it's like, I just love it here. It's just so nice. Everything about this is nice. Yeah, no, it's, it's extremely good. And, and, and a lot of like, in the smaller instances like the first person who followed me on retro pizza was uh trickster and then you know the the welcome thing uh a lot of times when you're in the patreon for a lot of these smaller things they'll send you state of the uh the 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 instance or the fediverse things and let you know what's been going on which is is really nice it is very much returned to the kind of community focused stuff 
like what it used to be. You it, know, it feels like like, like mid nineties IRC yeah. where it's more of a community rather than you know. And that's what's great the about the kind of multi-tiered timeline thing, right? Mm. Is the fact that you've got your timeline and those are the people you follow. Then you've got the the local instance, timeline, which is yes. just on your instance. And then you've got the you, giant. You don't even have right? to drink from the fire hose. Yeah. You don't have to have that timeline enabled. I have local and the people I follow and that's it. The great thing is even if you do decide to like jump into the giant pool with everybody else mm-hmm. it's still fine yeah. like it's there's it's not toxic it's like there's tons of like underrepresented communities and it's just everything it's just people for crying out loud it's yeah. finally like and just scrolling that isn't just scrolling through my local instance and you know seeing people like there's a lot of toy collectors it's it's for anyone who's in a fandom yeah so trekkies and people that collect comics and and toys there are a lot of transformer collectors on there and then people who do retro computer stuff yeah so it's kind of like everything in one place so right now it feels like it's a great community because it's people that have felt like they've been driven out of the other communities like especially on facebook and places like that twitter yeah twitter sure and (laughs) that place and yeah it's these are the people that were driven away and they've found a community in these in these mastodon fediverse instances and normal people aren't really aware of its existence yet and they're they're happy about this or they bounce off of it well this is it it's it seems and again i have i have not immersed myself in the fediverse most people come in and try to get into one of the big ones yeah mastodon.social right mastodon.place uh a couple other big ones there's a couple like hundred thousand plus people instances it is a barrier to entry and it's a good thing in some ways, but yeah, those goodness. ones those ones are more like Twitter, right? It's 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 not algorithmed like Twitter, and people, but it's more like it. Nobody's trying to push the Fediverse on people. You have to yes. seek it yes. out, and then you are welcomed as one because you've sought it out. It's also it's also not the easiest thing to start up. Like it, mm. it's it's not cryptic but like getting an account created is a little bit of a and it is getting better yes. as the apps start coming right. out yeah. like ivory and know. i'm sure the terror is when they find that that fulcrum where it, they, it does become very easy and yeah. it does become simple for for normal people to join and then it, that's when the flood could begin, especially on the day Twitter finally collapses and everybody's like, where, where do I get my fix? And then they, they, they fall upon Mastodon and then or the Fediverse in general. And that's when shit gets real. I'm not sure that is the thing that would happen, though, because okay. of how the Fediverse is structured. I'm not sure that's even possible that that would happen. I don't. I don't see a quantum. It's be, event, it's because of the know? fact that it's not like there's a generic entry point. There's there's Mastodon.social is as close as it Mastodon. gets. Mastodon.social is kind of the when people think of Mastodon that yeah. aren't in it, they think of that. That's where I had my account at first. And, and I'm the I'm the guy who has the curated timeline on Twitter. I have the people I follow, and I only follow. I go to the following section on Twitter. Yeah. So all I get are the people that I trust that are giving me the content that I love. And I don't look for what else is there. I'm not, I'm not on the for you section where they're, you, you would, know, that's you would like a spider web Mastodon instance, but I also have to know the people that are, that are sharing the information. I mean, I've added a few extra people to my, to my Twitter feed recently and it's been really entertaining. 
And, uh, you know, and again, I, I am one of the few people that, that truly enjoys being on Twitter. The only problem is what's being shared. Like it, because of the people I follow are, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're sharing the, the shitty things in life. Yeah. And it's, it's heartbreaking when you see how, how horrible it is for so many people. And, you know, and then I get the fun, the fun stuff as well. So it's kind of balanced for me at this point. Mm-hmm. So, but but at some point it's gonna collapse okay. because they've done everything they can to make sure that it's gonna absolutely. And as time goes implode. on, like Elon, it's just gonna get more and more Elon until oh my god, you can't escape Elon. Side note: Did you follow the story about the the fellow from Iceland? Who got, oh yeah! Oh, oh my yeah. lord, that story is just, just nuts. It's, and so that, but that's it in a nutshell, really. You yep. know, people like people like this this gentleman getting publicly outed as a you know as a handicapped individual by by captain musk and and now he's got to pay him a hundred million dollars since he's that was the deal because the, he's much much because he got than fired <laughs> oh my god anyway it's i just i still i have twitter is still functional for me which is yeah. nice and and eventually i'm gonna get pushed into the fediverse oh, but it, still, it is that, that is a ticking clock i right just there. i just need the people that i like to get into the fediverse yeah. which is the which is the the the, the f- that's the twist for me that's a really shitty way of telling us you don't like us <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow but I get, I get, fair enough uh <laughs> Boy, I don't have a follow nice. to that. Nice. High five. Yeah, high yep. five. Fair high enough. Five. <laughs> anyway, I, I, as I get further away from oh, the dream. You meant famous not, people. Well, right. now, I'm not going to lie. It's it's fun to be. It's fun to get Senpai to notice you, mm-hmm. as I've said no, no, before. I get it, I you know, get it. You, you get, you know, Dave but Foley and I are good friends is, now like, on Twitter. I, I thought to say, this is this is the intervention now. No. This is what this is. No, it doesn't have to be. But I, 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 I I'm going to to be to, to get started on this. And you guys, yeah. and and this is this is the thing about it. It is it is a community, and and it's it's it encourages. Finding the community you want to be a part Shopping of. Shopping around yeah. is important, right? And, and and figuring out what like if are you yeah. thinking more? You want to in, immerse yourself in movies, right? Or do you like retro tech? Or like what I do? I've got multiple Mastodon accounts. I've mm-hmm. got them on um, uh, Retro Rewind. Uh, the the uh, my my coworker started up a Mastodon instance for mm-hmm. people in retro computers mm-hmm. with an account there and i've also got my retro pizza account which is more for just kind of everything but then you just have the one app where you can get all of it at yeah, once i could just swipe between my accounts so i mean i'd i'd like to see all of it kind of just together i'm sure someone's got an app that'll let you do that well, yeah you, you kind of can do that already just follow the people yeah that so it want. just shows up yeah like, like i have i that's follow what your local timeline is right that's what and that i have is. i have a linear twitter account i mean i i only follow as it's posted and and i like it that way i like being able to just just as it happens tell me what's going on and and what's really frustrating is that it's become who died yeah because that's when you first you first yeah. see it somebody's going oh man i can't believe they're gone and or or when people are talking about a certain person you're like oh shit 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 and you find out that they're dead but you know but i'm so i am i'm 
going to commit myself. <laughs> You're going away, so maybe when you come back, I'll, I'll finally oh, throw myself. This is, this is the new cat into the Fetterverse. Get, and, get Andrew hashtag. Get the, Andrew it's on not that hard. The month of April, we're going to spend there trying to get you on. Yeah. Uh, find you an instance and get you a mask. I'll give you an example of what what like how you can do the thing you want to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, this uh, uh, assumes that the person is already on some right. Mastodon instance. Okay. Right. Um, but like you can follow anybody on anybody Mastodon on any Mastodon instance, even if the, the, uh, admins of your instance have, um, unfederated. So not blocked, but they don't uh, automatically propagate that other instance. Mm-hmm. You can still follow them mm-hmm. if you choose to, but you have to choose to. Right. Okay. That makes sense. And you can search for them. So mm-hmm. I mean, like on my previous instance on Mastodon.art, they had actually defederated Mastodon.social because they were not serious enough about cracking down on hate speech. Mm-hmm. And Damn. so they, and this is how uncompromising yeah. that Welsh so, so you know, you're in, you can't go to the fire hose for Mastodon.art and see Mastodon.social in yeah. that fire hose right. feed. But I could but still you could, follow people who yes. were on that instance and get them in my, my current, my And people you timeline. follow can share information from, from social, yeah. like going, can you believe this fucking guy? Yeah. Um, and that's part of the conversation. I'm, I'm not sure if there isn't a Twitter to Mastodon bridge. Like Knitter, I think, can bring in, like you can follow Twitter accounts through that to active. There are, there were... <laughs> and then the API got locked. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they that's, have made that's it. That's right. And yeah. that's fine. I mean, again, but there are a number of like, there's an, um, uh, an onion, an unofficial onion bot that posts what the onion posts yeah. on Twitter to Mastodon. The way okay. around the API lockout is to just get PHP scrapers. that yes. will just scrape the content and repost it. Yeah. Right? So, so there's, there's a bunch of, they're like, I've got it. I'm following the onion reposter on Mastodon. So how, I get that content. How do, how do they deal with, uh, companies? I don't think companies really have come it in hasn't at been all. A big thing, yeah, exactly. Um, one of the things I thought just today actually was like, there's a, a discussion going around about like people want news organizations to to make their own instance. Okay, right, yeah, and that's like a, a kind of a trend thing that's happening. I think there's, it was like there's like, a reporter instance, and you can follow reporters yeah. from outlets, but outlets themselves yeah. don't necessarily have. There was also a really great account called i think it's mastodon.follows or something i'll i'll look it up i'll put it in the show notes but there is an account that specifically goes here are some things you should follow if you're into this and right. they just list accounts i was on it once that makes sense um, so that's the kind of thing that's nice but it, you know it's you got to put the work in and yeah. that's but that's a good thing here it because is, again absolutely. it is a barrier to entry but it also makes you so you did work all the work keeping stuff out <laughs> in Mastodon, you do work bringing stuff yes. in. Okay, the filter, um, the filter yeah. is good, but the da- the danger is just being the filter. Oh, the, is the fire hose. <laughs> yes, you know, well, we, I mean, we, we, we we joke about the fire hose, I, but I it don't is a have, fire hose. I don't have the unfiltered fire hose feed right. enabled in my web view. Right, um, I can view it on my app, but I almost never do. I only look at my timeline. My mentions and my uh, my federated my uh, my local instances timeline. I mean, I I follow three hundred and sixty six Twitter accounts, and a lot of those are inactive. So you know, realistically, on a, on a given day, I've got thirty or forty accounts that are that are talking, and and I like having I like these people is is what I'm saying. And, and there's there's only a handful of them are actually comp- uh, companies, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, it's it's nice to have a, a spread of you know uh, George Wallace and Game Deals Canada and Brian Fuller, and, <laughs> you know, a bunch of crazy writers. 
Um, anyway, it's it's you know Walter Shaw is great. The, the alternative is you don't have to leave Twitter. No, but I, mean, I spend <laughs> yeah. enough time as it is just refreshing Twitter. Yeah, because again, it's a curated timeline, so I'm not as worried I, about getting. I'm just saying, like maybe hit. instead of cold turkey, you can like do it in stages. Yeah, right? no, and, then, yeah. and I got to see what they're offering. <laughs> I'm and following I'm 83 people on uh, my Retro Pizza account, and I have 45 followers. Yeah. I'm not worried about. Do we, what, are we are we comparing content. numbers? Are we doing? No, this? no, 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 no. I just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just giving him an just, idea I, of what I, I'm following. I didn't actually know. I wanted to see. Uh, let me see. I am following 140, and I have 588 followers. That's great. No, it's actually fantastic. I mean, but I'm trying to. Right? No, exactly. That's, it's it's know. it's part of it's it's your it's what yeah. you're trying to do, which so. is more than I ever had on Twitter. Yeah, I like point out. I I am not yeah. concerned about getting followers. I'm. I just don't. This is it's part of the part of the the problem I'm having right lately is that I'm trying to mentally divorce myself from saying I'm going to be a filmmaker someday. I'm fifty fucking years old. I'm about to be fifty, so you know it's if, it's less and less likely. If my lesson teaches anything is that don't anticipate shit can happen I know, that you, you know never expect to happen. But anyway, I don't want to get into this whole thing. But it's. Um, you know, it's it's a question of what do I need out of it, and and I I'm going to get into this to see what what is out there, and maybe it'll it'll rekindle the spark. Who knows? But uh, anyway, I I will yes by April in April I will commit to <laughs> we to immersing Andrew myself now? in Should the we move on? No. I think maybe we yeah. we put Andrew in the spotlight. No, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Next. Wow, this is gonna be a long one. Um, the Debian server. Yes, that I have been talking about forever. The Mac is, Mini. The Mac Mini is not only what is its host name? Uh, uh, Debian.local. What's the really? I, what's the IP address? What did you want it to be? You, you got. I thought you would have like, like a good like name for it. Of course not. It is raw dog vanilla. Nothing on there. It's got to be. It's got to be. Change the, your host name. Just like Frankie or you no, know the Oracle. Then I have to remember it. Debian.local. I know exactly what that is. There's there's no hesitation. I don't have to remember. Okay, is that this machine? That, no, no, no. Because I've got a lot of machines. So my workstation's I, always rans. My server's <laughs> always pants. Uh, my notebooks always uh, deuce. They're all jerk city character names. And okay. uh, if I have more than like a, my netbook used to be AT and T, um, but I think my second laptop is AT and T. Like. I always have a naming scheme for all my stuff. I used to do that, and then I gave up. I'm just like, everything is like, okay, that's not true, because the PC I built that's in the the Tower 100 case is called Fish Tank. There you go. And the one with all the LEDs in it is called Tron. You should call the uh, Debian (laughs) server Tiny Pizza Box. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll change it just for you, and that'll change all of my bookmarks. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes. So Debian.local, the extremely boringly named Debian.local, is not only up and running in full, but it has not only everything that was on the previous Ubuntu server, Mm -hmm. but more. Excellent. The web development environment is running. The um, Plex server. Plex server is running. The Foundry Virtual Tabletop server is running. And the Neverwinter Nights server is running, and everything except the Foundry tabletop is in a container from Docker. Nice. Being managed through Portainer. And I did the thing that Jamie said, and I got the like the free business license. Yep. Um, I owe Portainer an apology. 
because I was like talking shit about them last podcast because of the ugly banner and the whole like all oh, they're betraying the the spirit of free open source software. It is so fucking easy to get that license. Yeah. If you don't, if you're not running more than five. Yes. In a, in, like in your, your host yeah. nodes, like, like I'm running it on one box. It's so. absolutely an email address is all you need to yep. get the license and make the banner go away and get all of the features in yep. the business edition. Health checks, everything. Yeah. No, it's great. So, yeah. so. I have fallen in love with Portainer. Excellent. It's a great tool. It, it really is. And it, like it, and it really does have a level of polish that says that you know they do this professionally. Like yeah. they sell this. A lot of times you'll get an open source like uh, Webmin for the longest time. It was perfectly free, but it was also a pig's breakfast to try to, <laughs> to, to get in and dig in. It's still yeah. not great, but you can tell it's what people do in their free time. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Portainer is it's got polish it's 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 reactive it's uh it's sensibly laid out and and you can really tell that they're 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 getting like they're getting money for it but they're putting that money in and giving you a better experience and one of the things i i made sure i did because i'm managing it all through portainer now including deployment oh really i've never Um, really uh, dug into deployment but i made sure at first that i i understood how docker worked and that i I wrote some Mm -hmm. like docker compose dot yaml or the yaml yaml yet another markup language which is hilarious i love the fact that it's yet another markup language uh but boy you gotta get your tabs right let me tell you 100 don't mess up them tabs at least important at least they didn't make it in white space true can I just say that host nodes are part of a nutritious breakfast? <laughs> that would be post nodes. Oh, post nodes. Sorry. Okay. Not host nodes. Good. Um, but uh, I mean, sure, I kind of understood all that first. Well, I mean, the way that you do custom templates in Portainer mm-hmm. is is Docker Compose. And you just write a YAML file. So, so I, I, I don't generally do. I, I'm, I'm kind of arm's length with Docker. I do Docker runs because that's the, the, yeah. the thing I did. And I've never really gotten into uh, the, the, the Docker Compose. Right. Uh, I run it for MailU because that's what MailU brings in. Uh, but all my personal stuff is just a bunch of Docker run lines, and uh, I when I have to like kill one and recreate it, I've got a, a text file with all the Docker run sure. lines on it, and then I just go select the one and then repaste it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm at the point now where it's like I've accepted I will never be completely fluent in in the terminal. But the nice I will thing be is that uh, competent in the terminal, things but not, like Portainer take yeah. a lot of that. So that's why I'm like embracing mm-hmm. this side of it. It's like, okay, you know what? Portainer solves a lot of those problems for me. So I Absolutely. can like deploy things. I can create things. I can recreate things. I can do all of the things I need to do, set environment variables, all that stuff through Portainer. And so that's why I'm kind of focusing on that. Yeah. So I've got the Neverwinter server up running in Portainer and like, it's so nice when I have an update to the module, all I do is copy the file over, restart the container and boom, done. You're, it's, it's already going. Fantastic. And it's being posted to the public server. It's, it's already there. It's all just done. It is so nice. It's, it, it's, it's a really great way of utilizing a server yeah. instead of running a bunch of VMs, which is an entire operating system, oh, which God. runs something inside it. This is just the service and what re- what the service requires to run. So I have actually powered down the old Linux box. Nice, and it is just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, like I don't even. I'm probably. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but mm-hmm. I. It's just not even powered on. Mm-hmm. 
everything that's Linux based other than the NAS is being run from this little tiny Mac mini, which is the best part. The fact that this little server, and it's so fast. Yeah. It is so fast because it's headless mm-hmm. and there's no there's no uh, desktop environment. It's yep. just the raw dog server. Yep. It is unbelievably fast. So it's, it's like developing the website on it is really nice and speedy. It's fantastic. Everything about it is fast. So I love it. It's great. We are up and running. We will get to the details of the Neverwinter server in the next section, but we should probably move on because apparently Uh Steam Deck accessories of Doom and then a giant list of links is what I'm seeing in the show notes. I'm just, for anybody who wants to deck or like deck out their deck. Deck out the deck. um, I've gone through and I've gotten a bunch of stuff for it. And I think I've, I don't think I've hit any lemons in, in what I've gotten for it. So the first thing I uh, the, the the main the biggest upgrade He's holding the Steam Deck in his hand with I, his, I brought his, it just so I've got a yeah. visual reference for myself. I know no one is going to be able to see this, but I got the uh <laughs> Describe paint a word picture. The D-brand Operation Kill Switch case uh with the travel protector. Um so the the Steam Deck comes with a really nice case, but the case is huge. Yes. Um it's like I'd say two and a half times the thickness or the one and a half times the thickness of the Steam Deck itself. And it's just cumbersome to, to, to hump around. Um, so the, pro- the Project Kill Switch is a, I don't know, uh, two to three mil um, thick, like rubber case. Not rub- rubber, but it's a, it's a nice grippy, rubberized, rubberized yeah. grippy case. That fits it really well. It's got a little cover that snaps down over it that just covers the sticks and the triggers to prevent them from getting uh, messed up in transit. And it it offers a nice little grip on the palms. It's got a bunch of micro dots that uh, really make it grippy. It feels really good in the hand. Plus, Mm -hmm. they've got these uh, ridges on the sides that are a little, like not sticky, but they're just different. And they make it really kind of stick in your hand. Um, it also comes with a kickstand, which I use a lot cause I put it in desktop mode a lot. And that brings me to the other thing I got was the iClever keyboard and, uh, and mouse for Bluetooth. So when I go into desktop mode, I just flip that thing open and I now have full we keyboard. About the keyboard last time. And it's, it's come in so much handy cause I can do a lot of stuff in the terminal. I, I ran a full, um, dedupe on uh, the B3FS partitions and both the SD card and the um, the home directory just to make sure everything was uh, running optimally and it took maybe half an hour to do the whole thing. The SD card is the slowest because it's read and write access is slower than the hard drive but right. um, just having a keyboard and mouse that's it's tiny and also uh, like a full-size mechanical keyboard is really handy so that's the iClever has been really probably the second most thing I've used after the, the new case. It's literally sitting in my Amazon, like wish list. Yeah. But it's like, I, uh, I don't really need it, but it's nice. The one thing I should mention is that the kill switch comes with a skin for the un- uncovered part of the, the steam deck, just so it's got a little bit of something over the, the plastic there, which is really nice. And right. I chose the obsidian, um, uh, skin for this. um, then I got a Anchor uh, 7-in-1 dock, which is just a USB-C. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. 
like I think they sell it for MacBooks because yep. it's kind of in space it's gray. Very similar to um, the one I have. So it's a USB C dock. It's got HDMI on it. It's got SD and micro SD card readers. It's got a power input that's compatible up to a hundred watts uh, power delivery. Uh, it's got an Ethernet port, which is great, mm-hmm. and then two um, USB A ports, USB three A ports, and it just jack it in the top of the Steam Deck. Uh, it's nice when I go someplace and I want to transfer a bunch of stuff from my NAS. I can just plug it into the network instead of going over Wi-Fi. Yep. Um, it's great if I need to plug in uh, USB keys to it uh, or try to run it out to a, a TV. So that's been really nice. And it's way cheaper than getting one of the official stand-up docks. Sure. Um, which generally have all the same ports. And unlike this Switch, you can do that. Yes, and then um, I also got the Anchor Gallium Nitride Prime 65-watt charger, which has two USB-C ports and a USB-A port on it. And this is great because it will charge – the Steam Deck charger is 40 watts by default. Right. Uh, but it will run up to 60. So it will take the full uh, charge off of this, and it's a nice small charger for traveling. So I've got this, and I also got a 10-foot braided uh, anchor USB-C to USB-C cable. So if I can't plug it in close to me, I've got plenty of slack. Sure. I use it on the couch now and I've got plenty <laughs> of space to, uh, to sit how I want when I'm playing. I'm tempted to buy the JSOX, uh, alternative just to be, uh, just to have the competitor. The presence. skin? The, they've got a whole goddamn thing now. Well, their, uh, their case is good. I, I've heard some beefs with how, what what is it there the kickstand is a little flimsy it's mm. metal but it's it's very thin but they've got a, a very modular option as well because it, it'll incorporate a, a battery a dock it'll mm. incorporate a dock it'll incorporate uh, an m.2 drive or a full ssd mm-hmm. i'm just curious I'm, they've you know, got, they've, i might just have to get one just to be they've got the transparent backplate so we can too. say all right here's the difference for the podcast you know for the podcast it'll be a tax write-off i thought about the uh the transparent <laughs> wait wait really paid <laughs> I thought about the transparent backplate too, but there's been some fitment issues. It's got like a metal plate that's supposed oh, to contact yeah. with something to help yeah. heat dissipation, oh, but it so causes... a lot of them aren't even out yet. So yeah, well, they're forever having uh, stock problems. Uh, D brand just went to uh, just finished pre-orders. I got the last round of pre-orders for it before they shipped. It took maybe three days, and then it shipped out. I was um, surprised how expensive their options are. The, the D-Brand stuff is not cheap, but it is a Toronto company. Well, both, both of them, but yeah. Well, That's the other thing. It would be supporting, you know. D-Brand company, is so. on uh, Queen Street East in Toronto, and um, they're they're irreverent, but they do a good job. Like, their skins are cut really well. Like, it's all very precise. This case fits extremely mm. well. JSOX has a cooler that slaps onto the top of it. It's an, it's just a fan that pulls air out of the vent faster. It doesn't, okay. it doesn't, they, they've also got a Peltier thing that you mm-hmm. can stick on the back and on a metal plate, but the best people have, like I've seen a ton of people reviewing these things and the best you get is like a frame or two because you're able to mm. run it slightly hotter right. and it's louder. Yes. And also bulkier. Not good. Um, Both of those things are not good. Now the power bank kit. Eh, it's moderately tempting, but you know it's still basically just putting a little watch strap on the back of it to well, slap on a battery. D Brand has uh, published the connector STL files, so you could print your own connector that yeah, has yeah. Velcro strap uh, <laughs> holdings on it. So you could put whatever you want, like a hard drive, mm-hmm. a battery pack, or whatever, on your own 3D printed connector. Um, 
and then just snap it on the back where the uh, um, the kickstand goes. Right. So that's really nice, and it's all they they, they published all those files on. Uh, it's not Thingiverse; it's one of the competitors Thingiverse. But you can just print out that it's two parts. You glue it together, and then you run Velcro straps through it. And then you can hook whatever you want to the back of the Steam Deck. Or you can get the ultimate kit, which includes the cooler kit, the hub kit, the M.2 slot kit, and the power bank kit for only 150 American dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're bad. literally insane. The shipping's going to be a little bit uh, worse because it's oh, coming yeah. from Hong Kong. For sure. Sure. Um, oh, I also I threw up links for the... Um, oh, all orders above 25 are free shipping. I threw uh, I threw in links in the uh, the description to the um, uh, SSD that I put in the uh, the Sabrent drive. Right. Yeah, that I want to look for. And uh, also the um, SD card, the 512 gig SD card, of which I only have 80 gig free. I've been installing so much stuff on this thing. Yeah, I discovered a site that's got a bunch of PS2 ISOs for games that I legally own. Yes. <laughs> In case you know the cops are listening, the the, the I, I will say it again: the Steam or sorry, Steam the uh, Switch emulation on this thing is staggering. No, it isn't. <laughs> you can't There's emulate no such thing as emulation. You can't emulate that on this machine. Please do not search for information these, about this. These are this. things you are clearly mistaken about. Yes, and if you're looking for configuration guides for this, uh, Retro Game Core has got a really good website: retrogamecore.com that um put it in the show notes i will and it, they, they he's got all kinds of write-ups on how to install emudeck and the best configuration options for different cores and uh, everything it, it takes a lot of guesswork i always have that open whenever i'm doing anything emulation wise on the uh, steam deck Very and nice. steam uh, valve has publicly stated that there are no plans for a replacement i saw that because like like i said i'm i'm on board with the steam deck i just have no use for it at the moment so i'm looking to the next gen it's going to be another at it's least be years, year yeah. or two years mm-hmm. um before. There may be some iterations on this, but the actual like core power of the system is not going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, I've been really enjoying having the Steam Deck and uh, just you know sitting on the couch, firing up Vampire Survivors or Psychonauts mm-hmm. or uh, a various uh, legally owned emulated uh, game. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's been really a lot of fun and uh it, it's it's hard not to recommend yeah no i like i said i'm on board and and soon i'm segueing can you tell yes soon you'll be able to test play the neverwinter night server i i've got it installed publicly Ooh. which we will talk about after an actual for real break because i need to refresh my drink next on Pixels and Tokens. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Video games. Board games. Video games. Tabletop role-playing games. Video games. And now for Pixels and Tokens, where we talk about all kinds of gaming. But mostly video games. Welcome to Pixels and Tokens, where we, as as you may have guessed, talk about gaming. 
In this in this particular instance, we're only, I believe, talking about video games. D- did you do all that in a single tank, or did you do multiple takes? I did that in a single tank. I was wondering if you were switching that between voices. Me. That was me, switching between characters, just on the fly. Yes. Skill. You know. And Mel Blanc over here. practice. Well, you know, I did it with Billy West. Yes. Billy West does that. Yes. Like, when he does Futurama, he just. He, he talks to himself. Yeah, no, it's amazing. You like, get Farnsworth and Fry and uh, Zap Brannigan in a yeah. scene, and that's it. I'm not quite at that point yet. I still have to kind of focus on it. I can't just do it naturally, but. There was a a radio show he did in the late 90s it's archived on the internet somewhere but he talks about coming up and and, and having to do Popeye right. and he basically had to teach himself Thuvan throat singing yes. to hit that multiple I, octave I, that I Popeye a, does I heard on a podcast years ago talking about that yeah. where he had to learn to do the circular breathing yes, and and because you're doing two octaves at the same it, time it, it's, and it's like, like nuts when he does that when the Popeye does the and yeah. noise and it's it's like it's two different octaves at the same time and he had to basically teach himself how to throat sing you, in order to do that the guy's supposed to be largely unintelligible how do you make a performance out of that right it, it, it's, he yeah, found a way no, it's, it's yeah. amazing. i'm still frustrated that we haven't gotten the jendy tartakovsky popeye movie that that was uh they made a, a demo reel for it and like taking was it animated it was CG, okay, but it was, oh, but it took his what? style, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they made, they brought it to life, and it fucking worked, yeah. And and then Sony went, nah, of course, Sony because we because we can't have nice things, no, of mm. course not, unless it's starring Chris Pratt. Anyway, oh, it, there we Chris, go. Chris, but it's also Pratt as Popeye it's and those, olive oil. But it is one of these projects that is effectively timeless. They yeah. could come back to this in twenty years and mm-hmm. do it, and it'll be the same movie but better. Who knows? Anyway. Anyway, video games. Yeah, you know, uh, video games. First on the list, I'm going to talk, and then I'm not going to talk, and then I'm going to talk a lot. Cool. Fair. Because so, that's it's barely the Kevin show. I Oh, this is not the day for it. But anyway, Neverwinter server mm. update. Uh, it's going well. Excellent. Is, is the good news. Um, I'm almost at the point where the roadmap is done. And if those of you who have been listening will get in on the contest, um, it is actually running publicly right now. Uh, if you go to the Beam Dogs, if you if you have Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition, and you go to the Joint Internet Game section of the multiplayer uh, uh, button, there will be an Operation Puppet server listed. There is a password on it currently. For players, mm-hmm. it is Frankie Play, all one word, lowercase. But if you have Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition, you want to play on the Neverwinter server right now, it is currently listed publicly. I'd turn on the Steam Deck right now if it wouldn't play the Futurama <laughs> jingle when it starts up. So You know, when's the podcast? Nobody cares. But you can do anything. This is the Wild West. There's no... You Disney know, will find it. No, no, no. Anyway, anyway um, so that is currently running. I'm, the roadmap is almost done. I was, I was just working on it literally literally before the podcast. This is the kind of point we're at. I'm like yesterday I was adding in a new area and in every overland area, there are bounty quests where it's just like, they go, go kill 10 of the, whatever dangerous thing is in this area that you can just repeat mm-hmm. is the grindy quest. And I'm like the scripts that I was using to drive those quests up until now were fine. They were like a thing that I experimented with, you know, what I was in the previous incarnation of the server, but I realized that 
if I was going to use these scripts, I would have to write a new set of scripts for every different quest because they would use different like names of mm-hmm. like, creatures like you know goblins, kobolds, whatever. So I was like, nah, that's not good enough. So I completely rewrote the entire routine of how that scripting process works to be able to use variables that are stored so on. So you, you could feed in yeah. different, like you could kill 10 so, bugbears. Yes, exactly. So instead of using like a, a, you know, a set of four scripts for every quest, I could use a set of what's well, going to end up being, I don't know, six scripts for, for an on ultimate number of up to four quests per area, but I will be able to use the same script to just set variables on objects mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's like, I just decided to do that on the fly. I was like, you know, this is, this is inefficient. I'm going to like make this more efficient. And that's part of the joy of doing this kind of thing is like, I just decided to make something more efficient and did it and it worked and it worked the first time. That that's, was the weird part. That's, that's always a, that's always a nice win. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, it didn't work completely. There was a there was a reward thing. It didn't work. All right, I had so to like, as long as something was wrong with it, then yeah, there was a, a minor. But the actual scripting process itself worked mm-hmm. the first time. I was like, whoa, maybe I actually know what I'm doing now. So real close. I'm adding in the last dungeon right now for the final release of the testing release, which is going to be. Um, uh, uh, one town hub, three overland areas, and three dungeons. Mm-hmm. There's going to be repeating quests that you can do. There's going to be boss bounty quests that you can do. There's going to be one storyline quest that will end up in you getting an item that, believe me, you will want for the future. But that's it. And then after I get all of those systems integrated and tested with multiple people because that's the other thing i've only been able to test multiplayer in limited fashion i need more people in mm-hmm. we're going to do frankie play streams with this this isn't for sure or even just me streams with this because i need to be able to test this stuff yeah and so if i could use that as an excuse to get people in let's do it let's just get it in and uh and do it because um, I'm really, really enjoying working on this thing. It's amazing how much this has taken over, like all of my gaming attention. I have, I, I the other day I was thinking about like, do I want to play like an MMO, like uh, you know, open old poke at at ESO again, or maybe even World of Warcraft or something? Because I always have an MMO on the go that I'm just kind of you know noodling around with, and it's nice. It's a comfort mm-hmm. thing. It's like a this is just a world I can go and hang out in and do my thing. And I realized there's nothing that I can get from an existing MMO that I can't get from the Neverwinter server that I'm currently building, and it's mine. Okay, here's my question. I install the game. Yep. Should I play the game? Or should I just jump into your instance? I would say because it's a 21-year-old game, there are some quirks and some paradigms and also... Neverwinter Nights did a kind of stylistic thing with the UI and with just the way that the world works that really nobody else has quite done. So it would be advantageous to go in and at least play some of the official campaign Mm -hmm. just to get used to how the game mechanics work and how... Because, like, you know, the thing I can't mess with are, like, core mechanics, Mm -hmm. you know, because the rule set is the rule set. And people got to understand, this ain't Skyrim. It ain't Skyrim. No, absolutely not. It is... You have to think of it more, like, almost a mobile game in terms of, like, visuals. Um, 
I the, the way I think of it, because it is all third person and the camera is generally pulled back, but things like how the UI works, how the camera, the camera can be really, really finicky. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get used to it. You have to sort of learn its language. The right click radial menu is a thing that did not get picked up that they tried to experiment with, but because that's built into the core engine that has just remained. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to get used to how all that stuff works. So I would say, yes, jump into the main campaign, even if it's, I mean, it's not particularly interesting or wonderful, but it is worth playing just to get used to how the game moves and behaves there are weird little things like when you're in combat for example um your character will actually like reposition and sort of jostle and move around and you haven't told your character to do that it will just do that as part of its animation cycle Mm -hmm. and Here's the thing. It's a fairly faithful interpretation of D&D 3rd Edition rules. So there's a thing called Attack of Opportunity. Do you all know what that is? Okay. Attack of Opportunity is when you are within one grid point, so within the the frame of reference of of a character, and you move into or out of that frame of reference, they will get, if they're an enemy, they will get an Attack of Opportunity. On you, so you can fidget into their yes. zone. So if you try and escape, they will get an attack for when you try and run out of their their sphere of influence, or when you come into their sphere of influence. That will just kind of happen, mm. even though you haven't said move. Your character will move anyway, and it will uh, 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 provoke an attack of opportunity, despite the fact that you haven't told it to do anything. Now. That's a problem. That's always been a problem, and but that's just part of baking of the game engine. And the thing is, the it's the opposite is also true of the enemies, right? So you will get attacks of opportunity on them when they get weird animations to jostle mm. around. But it's little things like that. You just kind of have to go. Okay, this is just part of how the game runs. Just have to like deal with it, live with it, accept it. I was surprised to find out that the attack button is Alt F four. <laughs> Yes, please look at, let that let that legend propagate. Um, oh, then another thing is like uh, henchmen, which I don't call them henchmen in the module because that's gendered language, and I try not to use gendered language. But that's what they're actually literally like in the scripting. That's what they're called. Um, followers, you know, pets basically, mercenaries. Are, yes, are are a big thing in Neverwinter because you know D and D was never designed to be a soloable system, and so even right out of the gate in, in the official campaign, you get followers that you can hire and that will come and join you. So there's a minimum of two character operation. Jerry, why don't you go into this next room for me real quick? Yeah, exactly. Um, the way they work is a bit tricky and they can kind of have the mind of their own and you can get into trouble because they can just kind of go, I'm going to go attack that thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bye. And they'll just run off and attack that thing. And so you kind of have to learn how to manage your followers. You can issue them commands. You can say, Hey, stop, come back here or, or guard me. Or there's, a, there's a limited number of commands you can issue them. You can use them as a mule for all your gear. In, in the First expansion, new, because you do not have access to their inventory. In the second and third expansions, yes, because you do have uh, access to their inventory and you can give them better gear. Here's one of the design decisions I had to make. If we want a little bit of insight into the, how how this mm-hmm. particular Neverwinter server works. Um, in the official Neverwinter Nights campaign, in the first one, you did not have access to henchman inventory. You just, you couldn't see it. They just had the gear they had. And as you leveled up, 
a new version of them would spawn in with better equipment. Okay. That got changed for later expansions wherein you did have access to their inventory. And as you leveled up, they leveled up and then you could just give them better gear as you got it. So the question that was facing me in a persistent world server, which is a different model from a standard kind of, you know, adventure is how do I want to handle henchman inventory? Right. Because like, I could do the multiple versions mm-hmm. as you level up thing. That's a lot of work. And that's literally like a separate copy of the character for every single level that you go through. Yeah. And, or at least every single level range. Like when you go from level, you know, that, that needs a plus one to a plus two to a plus three. There's a whole bunch of math that happens yeah. there. And I would literally have to make a copy of the character for every one. Or, and this is the one I settled on. And I agonized over this. I had developed an entire system that would do exactly that, that would make a new copy of the henchman that you didn't have access to their inventory, but would make a copy of the henchman with level-appropriate gear for when you leveled up, they would level up, and it would just literally despawn your current one and spawn a new copy of the of the better level yeah. one. So what I kind of finally realized was, so what if the player has access to their inventory? Because the, the worry, of course, in, let's say, a standard MMO is, oh, they'll just take all the gear off of the henchman and go sell it because you can sell, like, you know, plus one or plus two gear for a fair amount of money. Mm-hmm. And then they'll just dismiss the henchman and then they'll just get free money. A bunch right? of naked henchmen just yeah, running around. exactly. But then I thought, well, hang on. So what? Mm-hmm. Why, why am I worried about that? Why they know what I, they're getting into. Yeah. Well, th- here's the other thing. Um, I realized that, like, you know, D and D has different structure to an MMO. It's much less granular. The difference between a level one and a level two is big. Yeah. But there's always like there's a kind of baseline of competence, right? So, like, a short sword, a regular, ordinary, non-magical short sword will still do damage to a dragon, you know? So, I don't really have to worry about it. All I have to do is make the level one version of the henchman with their default equipment, and if you, as the player, hire henchmen and want to give them better equipment, cool, go for it, awesome, if not, they've just got their level one gear, no matter what level you are, no matter what level they are, and that's what you've got to live with. If you want to give them better gear, you go ahead, rock it. You can give them whatever you want, and they'll use it. But, and the other thing is, when you when you dismiss them, or if you were just log out without dismissing them, you got to get that stuff back off of them. Otherwise, they despawn, and all of that stuff is gone. So... As a player on the specifically Operation Puppet Neverwinter server, it's a good best practice to have a set of gear, have a henchman you like, and again, they're all different classes, so you can find one that's the complementary class to you. There's healers, there's rogues, there's fighters, whatever, whatever you want. Not yet, but there will be. (laughs) But you should probably get a set of gear that's appropriate for the, if you want them to have better gear, which you, you don't, they'll be fine with what they have. But if you want them to have better gear, get a set of gear that you like and find the henchmen that you like. And then when you hire them, give them that gear. And then before you log out or before you dismiss them, get it back off of them, stick them in the bank or something. And then use them to mule all the gear out of the dungeon. Or and yeah, also that, because like weight encumbrance is a thing mm-hmm. in D&D. So that is a thing you have to pay attention to. If you are, you know, if you're trying to be a ranger that wears, you know, chain mail, 
you probably don't have a lot of strength. Can Rangers do chain? I thought Rangers, they could only do studded. No, Rangers can do chain. Okay. It, you're going to have a dex penalty if you do that. Oh, that's it. But you can it. do it. Yes. So you can make a tanky ranger. Yeah. Right? But if you don't want to focus on your bow, if you want to focus on like dual wielding or something, yeah, yeah. you can absolutely do that. But you're going to have a weight situation there. Gotcha. Where you're not going to have a lot of gear. And here's the thing about the story quest. The thing that the story quest results in is going to be a thing that will help you with your weight encumbrance. That's the goal, at least for... It's a bag of holding. It is a bag of holding. You're going to get a bag of holding. You're going to get a bag of holding. Jimmy's currently hanging out the Think Geek bag of holding. Exactly. It's a bag of holding. So anyway, this is a very long-winded explanation of what's going on with the Neverwinter server. It is very close, a couple weeks, I think, probably to a a release of the testing version. Again, not the full, the whole thing is going to be, there's going to be a ton of plot. There's going to be a huge world. It's just come in and break the systems. This is going to be testing the core systems. Yeah. Um, and there'll be enough there that you can like, you know, I noodle around with it every day. I play it like I play a video game now. I just, and you know. I'm going to come in and grind it mid-max yeah, you, myself. I, it is absolutely grind to heaven. That's what it is It's right going to make Witcher 3 look like a Quake mod. Sure. Okay. And now I'm going to stop talking for a while and let JV and Andrew talk about Destiny 2 did a major, major DLC update. Do you have feelings? Uh, I do. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I think what we should talk about first is that the, uh, the community as a whole has feelings and they are Ooh. rather negative. Oh, my God. Uh, what a surprise. I think if the Witch Queen hadn't been as strong plot-wise, mm-hmm. uh, people would have been a lot more accepting of Lightfall. Um, but since Witch Queen was such a tour de force for villains, uh, are they villains? Uh, plot mm-hmm. and just overall, like I think I'd say the majority of the seasons in the Witch Queen DLC era were really good. Uh, the first one was kind of forgettable. The pirate one was excellent, and the Seraph one was excellent. So here's the weird thing about the structure of Destiny is as it is as it is settled into itself is every year now they release the the expansion. So this is the fourth major expansion? Well, this is the seventh year, and they did... So the first couple things they did the this standard... Seven years? Just of Destiny, Destiny 2. 2. Yes. Um, so they so they did... The first year, there wasn't a lot. They did the uh, the Mars DLC, the Warmind DLC, and then the Curse of Osiris. Right. And those but, were standard DLC, like the, 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 the you know quarterly packs, because Activision was running them. Yeah. Then they did Forsaken, and they went to the seasonal model where so they released. Forsaken was the, was the first major, a, a huge expansion. plot, tonal changes, and also killed off financially. Yeah, it was a full purchase. It was basically a full price game as an expansion of of the game with a season pass and a dungeon pass because yeah, right, that's when they right. added the seasonal content. Yeah, and the seasonal content is another element of it because when you buy the these expansions they don't include the full season. You have to purchase the season pass as a separate unless element. you get like the deluxe edition. Right. But as a, on the whole like the 60 bucks, well 60 when when it, at the time I think it's up to 80 now for the for the Lightfall itself. So each of these gives you a very quick campaign 
It's it's not very long. Generally, eight hours if you kind of milk yeah. it. Um, so this is the this is what they've settled into now is that they do the annual release with a multi part campaign, but it's also at the same time as the season content, and it's difficult to juggle them. Mm. So what's ha- what happens at this point is that they release these this this major expansion and the season happens at the same time. And you're basically encouraged to rip through the campaign, to absolutely fucking drop hammer and go give her through the what the, even now they push you to do the legendary version of the campaign immediately because you're then rewarded with high level gear at the end of it, which gives you a nice big bump for the raid day, which we'll get into. But it's the fact that at the same time, they're also doing the season content, which is the more measured, gradual drip feed of content, which is a weekly update. Yeah, every, every week they release more yeah. content so, in the seasonal. So stuff, you, right? you get you get a, a, a mission, a story mission. They they expand and, the content a little bit, and tonally the seasons tend to tie into the overarching story. Yes. Because um, keep in mind, there is a huge story being told in this game. Like it's a, it's a very very long story that they've been telling. The problem at this point is a third of the story has been vaulted. Right, the, the Red War is gone. Warmind is gone. The Curse of Osiris is gone. Yeah. If you started, if you heard about this Destiny game, you're like, gee whiz, I'd sure like to play that game. It sounds like an interesting thing. See, this you're is like, among my barriers to entry is the fact that, like, I, I, every time I poke it, and I usually poke it once a year. It's a different game. And it's like, yeah. I am so lost. But like, they've got an established base. Like, they've got X number of players. And it's a solid base. It's a yeah. it's an invested base, and they're not super concerned about expanding this the base. The, it's the curse of the MMO, if, right? It's like once you get the right. core audience, if you then- picture like in my mind, the uh, the core audience of Destiny is a 1920s opium den. It's a bunch of <laughs> yeah. people wasting away on beds, yeah. waiting for the next hit, mm-hmm. and it's it's. It's encouraged. Like we we enjoy it. We are immersed in it. We want to see it through. When it's good, it is fantastic. Yes. Yeah. And when a season doesn't hit, it really doesn't hit. Like, and it's because it's such a huge investment, yeah. financially and in time. Because you've, you've been they've been building this, and and the hype since they separated from Activision, they have been very much. Uh, Showing off how now they're independent and they have total control over what they're doing. Not so independent anymore. Well, that's the that's another S- side. Sony of it. dropped three billion dollars. Yeah, on so them. they were independent and now they're they're still free to, to work on other platforms, but they're still answering yeah, yeah. to the to the master. So it's still and 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 God love them. The Bungie Vidox, the video documentaries they do. These guys are so invested. This the team. It's a broad team. It's multi multi generational, multi racial, multi uh, across the spectrum of, of of. They've started putting in pronouns in their Vidocs, and it's fantastic. Yeah. The the one of the main character that pissing people off. Well, this is it. The main character <laughs> of this new expansion is a non non binary character. They, their ah. pronouns are they them. They actively refer to them as they them, which and is great. Everyone is now simping for the thembo because it's a it's a <laughs> it's it's not a himbo. It's not a bimbo. It's a thembo. The, and the problem fantastic. is the character is poochie. Uh, so <laughs> some people really don't like how flip the character is. Mm. So here's the problem. 
Destiny has had a problem since inception, and that problem is no one knows where it's going. When Destiny 1 came out, they got nine-tenths of the way through a game, and then they sat down and looked at it and said, what is even happening here? They fired the story people, and they took what they had and kind of stitched into a somewhat linear narrative. Mm -hmm. And things got dropped, things got rearranged, uh, the ghost sounded like it was dead inside. Because this is also a game that was initially, when they announced it, it was promised to be a 10-year game. Yeah. When Destiny was announced, that was, for me, that was a huge get. Like, when they said that, I was immediately invested. The fact that they were, they were announcing, this game has a very long narrative arc, and it's going, and I felt immediately attached to that. Destiny 1's arc was supposed to end next year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it came no, out in 2014. And, and and this, but that was the promise at the time, and 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 you know, technically this arc has, does continue, and they are technically going to end it next year with the with the final shape. But it's still a video game; it so still the, has to deliver content on a regular basis. The problem with Nimbus, at least the the speculated problem with this uh, this non binary character named Nimbus, is that they weren't initially going to be the linchpin of the season. Another character was, and then it's assumed very late in development, they decided, like, they had to change it, and they took what they had recorded for Nimbus and and put it in places where now it doesn't make sense. Mm. This big emotional thing happens, and Nimbus should be personally very affected. And then you go talk to them after that, and they are extremely not flippant, but you know, they, Super they, they, they've got this kind of, yeah, casual sort of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm impervious to it's, anything. It sounds like a very video game thing to happen. But, but the I problem like. is it's, it's happening now after this heavy story beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it really like, you should be talking to someone who is going through things. And this is a game that, that is steeped in lore. We've probably referred to it many times on the show. The the lore that they've developed for this world, this universe, is insanely textured textured. And there's so much to it. And they and they they use this lore. It is it is part of the game. And they they plant seeds. There are seeds that were planted in the first game that are just paying off yep. now. Mm-hmm. And it's so rewarding for that deep the uh, player, the person who has immersed themselves in the lore, which is a very, very small percent of the actual player base, but they they respect those players and they reward those players. So you've got a game that's, that's just got the, all this lore and this expansion comes out and it's in a whole new area and they just barrel through it just drop the shoulder and just blitz through this and you're just along for the ride and they're introducing these concepts which are a lot of people are saying that the MacGuffin isn't like it's never explained yeah Mm. they just came up with the veil which was it's part of Niamuna which is a lost area of of Neptune that that we've dis- that we've discovered has been in, they've literally been hiding for for uh, it, it, hundreds it, it of has years. Been actively removed from the history in Destiny, yeah, like it's okay. it's a secret place yeah. that sure. we only recently found out exists. This is the one they didn't tell you about, and then we get thrown into it, and it's just happening. It's just there, and they take our presence super friggin' casually as well. So the problem is the community thinks they deserve to be given everything at the outset. 
and Bungie has said that they were they were going to drip feed it. Not that the, this season isn't where they tell you everything. Right. And people were getting super like they're like, oh, all these promotional images for in the game, like the loading screen for a thing in the game has a guy holding a gun that doesn't exist. Like, why would they make? This screen with a guy holding a gun that we can't get. That doesn't make any sense. Today. Stuff has been cut. And then uh, yesterday during their This Week at Bungie blog where they update people, they showed a picture of that gun which is coming out next season because they are bringing this stuff through the entirety of the Dear expansion. Reddit, here's how developing It is works. 100% Reddit fuel. Now, I haven't read it. I, I do read the again, Reddit. Again, I apologize. I meant actually read it. Yes. <laughs> IGN gave it a 5 out of 10. Yeah. That's... Which is super harsh yeah. for IGN, especially on their sliding scale. Mm. Now, this, and it was written by a very deep Red, a Destiny player, somebody who plays the game on the regular and has who played it. I can't remember. Oh, okay. But um, they, are, they are some, like I watched Aztec Cross's video about the review and and it was very harsh and it was coming from a, a hardcore fan of the game who was immersed in it and they're not happy with the way it was presented so the the difference is that they have time to expand they have time to explain this and we've got four seasons of content to go before we get to the final shape which is theoretically the end of destiny as we know it's it it's the end of the light and the dark saga right which is as what we, they've said and they have to change the game, the game dramatically after that and of course people are already projecting about what's going to happen in that expansion what's going to happen after that rather than just kind of immerse themselves in that bottom line is if you if you had no idea about destiny and you, you were handed a copy of the game i have no idea how you would take it you, you start off in the cosmodrome like in we, destiny one they have they have a starting area they yep. have the, the what are they the new light yeah the new light saga which is great it's a it's a really fantastic compressed storyline to get you into this universe mm-hmm. and they, there are ways you can you and can they've added establish. guardian levels which is supposed to be what guides you through various things to yeah. get to where the established base is. It's, it, a, it's, it's a lot better than before where it's you're thrown into the director. Here are five different uh, quest lines for all the different content you might have. Uh, figure it out. So to give you an idea about that, uh, we are level six. Like at the beginning of the season, we are considered to be level six. Which is veteran. Yeah. And and so if you were a new player, obviously you start at one, and it lets it guides you through the game to get you up to that level. Mm-hmm. And s- people are level seven now. So in like the, the fifteen hundred so. hours we sunk in the game, we're at level <laughs> yeah. six. So it's again, it's so the new expansion is is I I'm enjoying it. It's, I it's a fun really world. liked it. I thought the story was great. I don't I don't feel the overriding need to be told what the veil is right off the bat. Right. I, I, I it's going to be. This, the, this smells a lot like a Last Jedi situation. Uh, I don't want to go there, but it is definitely... I'm, they, I'm a little that's frustrated. That's not how Luke Skywalker Bungie, is supposed to behave. Bungie's been doing light damage control in the TWAB because they've mentioned next season, the season of the Deep, I yeah. believe they call it, um, will be Osiris figuring stuff out. Osiris right. is a is a knowledgeable character that we deal with a lot in this expansion. Like they've had to kind of start playing their hand for the next season to tell people, "Yo, chill." Yeah, let, it's, let's just <laughs> take a minute. We've here. got an entire year to figure this stuff out. Um and so the, the other thing about Lightfall is it is the expansion they had to insert. So Witch Queen the the popular sentiment is Witch Queen was supposed to be when they introduced Strand, which was the new subclass, that the darkness subclass that we got in Lightfall. Um, 
but the pandemic happened and they weren't able to make mm. Witch Queen contain that. So it was supposed to go Witch Queen in 2020 and then the uh, – no, 2021. Yeah. And 2022? I don't know. It's, when did it come the, out? The, the, the timeline's so messed up. Like, Witch Queen um, was one year ago, right? Yes. Yeah, so it would have been 2022. Yeah. Um, and then it was supposed to be the final shape. Uh, but they've – because of the pandemic, because of development and because of trying to make everything work, they weren't able to put – everything into the witch queen that they wanted to. So they added this, the Lightfall season in where they were going to end up putting the content that should have been part of witch queen in mm. there. So it's because the, the, they, they, they said this in a, uh, a TWAB a couple of years ago that they, they were going to have to insert this to make sure everything is, is where they needed to be before the, the final chapter. And, you know, it, I could see a little bit of that, and I can see that there has been some cutting of content, or not cutting, or repositioning of content, uh, changing where characters go and how they do things. And you, you do get a little bit of that, like uh, in, in um, uh, Nimbus's attitude after a big story beat and stuff like that. Like, you can tell yeah. this shouldn't be happening now, because when you go to a story quest just after that, they are more down and more yeah. into themselves and, and more serious. Sure. And even just the way it ended, uh, I did it in the wrong order. Like at the very end, once the, once the mission is done, I was supposed to talk to Nimbus first and set up a cutscene that was going to open up the other area. Instead, I immediately ran to the back and this area opened up that I, had, I hadn't seen before. And I was already interacting with that. And then I go talk to Nimbus, and, and they then, and it sets up the, right, the explanation. Right, right. So it's, it was a weird little break that they yeah. should have caught. They shouldn't have let me do that before talking to him. It might have been because I was in the party because I had already. That is true. It. That is true. That uh, Jamie might have messed it up. But uh, anyway, it's <laughs> I break things. I, I do quickly want to mention the raid. Today was raid day. So yes. so annually they add a new raid. Raids. Uh, Historic. What was the worst in terms of length? One of the raids that they it did was the last took wish. seven hours. No, it took eight plus hours. Eight hours for people to figure out the the mechanics I, I of am the raid. Horribly sorry. Um, Dado came in second in the raid race for the last wish, and it took them twenty twenty four point one hours of to complete. constant. Okay. Game we're getting playing. we're getting close to EverQuest numbers there. Yeah. So I mean, it's, you know, a, it's the old EverQuest vet yawns. Yeah. yeah. Twenty four <laughs> hours for the one of the most knowledgeable players in Destiny yeah. to, to get a fire team of six through the last wish. So so just watching the streams today, this was the world like they, they turned it into an event. Yeah. It's world first. Everyone's it, trying to get that they make an actual wrestling belt that they send to the team that yeah. wins the title. All, basically. Six, all six members get a yep. belt. So it's a it's a thing and, and I, I appreciate that. I yep. appreciate that they thrown it in there. But raid, me ideas for the everywhere to server, but anyway. Raid content has always been the pinnacle. It's it's top tier shit. Sure. It is Almost impossible for normal players to oh, yeah. do it. But raids should be. Yeah. Like right. That. And that's the idea. The only issue is that it's kind of important to the story. Major elements happen in these raids. Right. A lot of things change after the raid. Right. I haven't even looked to see if anything changed today. I, I haven't uh, so read anything. But. Basically, uh, normal players don't get to experience it. Yeah. There are ways. I did one raid. Well after it had already started, the, the 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 group, the clan I was part of, just basically took me along. 
and you know got me through it. And it was one of the simpler raids too. I don't even know if it was technically a raid. Leviathan. Yeah, no, Leviathan was a raid. Okay. It was the first raid in Destiny Two. Yeah. So it was, you know, everybody has a job in a raid. Mm-hmm. You know, in 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 Warcraft, it was like, what forty players were doing. Yep. We're doing Four, a raid. There's twenty man and forty man. Right. So every if you you have a job. So this is a six man raid. If you fuck up. You fucked it up for five other people. When, yeah. when you're in a 40-man raid, there are people, there are DPS that can keep DPS yeah. up while, while the priest reses you. And you're in a six-man raid, there, like soft spots are really evident. Yeah. You're gonna, it's going to be a problem. And just watching today's streams was stressful as fuck. I didn't watch Fallouts, but I guess it was brutal. So they were having, like, it's a stressor. It's team. Yeah. It's a team event. And if one member of the team isn't pulling their weight... The problem is communication. Yeah. Like, one person got what was happening in this encounter, but the other people wasn't able to communicate it to the other people in a way that they were able to understand right. it, and there was a right. lot of friction. And then you add to that the, the time factor for this world first thing. Like, if you think you're still in the mix, and you're trying desperately to communicate with your with your teammates about what they need to do next, but you're also in a in a blitz because somebody told you that the other group is in the next encounter already. Then you're getting crazy. And I mean, you've played. You know, I mean, uh, even in an MMO, you've you've gone through this. You know what it's like when other people are are not getting it, and you're trying desperately to communicate because you know what it is. And again, it's pure communication issues. Yeah. And and it's just insane how stressful it is just watching people try to try to suss yeah. this out. And it was I, I don't think I've ever watched a raid. Well partly I didn't watch raids before because I didn't want to get spoiled on content in case I ever played it. But that's not even a fucking issue now. This is the main the other thing. Watching these people play, these are people excuse my French. Uh these are people who literally play this game for a living. These are streamers. These they have committed eight, eight to this ten is, hours, multiple days a week. It is literally their job. They have been playing this game for ten years. That's how they they're that good, and they're still struggling with this stuff. And just watching them do this stuff, I'm just looking at it going, nope. Yep. That being said, this raid was finished in two and a half hours. Yes. By a team that wasn't even technically supposed to be in the hunt. Uh, Which is incredible. Datto finished four hours, and he's usually like second, third, fourth, fifth in yeah. terms of finishing. So, I mean, on some level, of course, they're going to streamline it. They're not trying to kill everybody, but they also they do want it to be challenging, but they don't want it to get stupid. Everyone's saying that if you want to get into a raid, this is the one to do because it's not anything insurmountable in terms of... yeah. But as a three-man group, we can barely get we can't do grandmaster nightfalls we can there was one exactly it's a we can occasionally get to the point because they they you need to have raid gear to do these things this is pinnacle content and we are what they call dad level yeah we're we're 100 a dad fire team. dad dad is and dad players are vital too dad players are, are part of this game they're a they're a fairly huge percentage i think of the destiny content they're people who are middle-aged that don't have the reflexes to do that shit anymore we just want to enjoy this cool ass and we world. have maybe you know five hours a week right to throw into that's, it rather than and that's the eight kicker. hours a day you know it, we, yeah exactly five not even 10 hours a week and and these games are requiring you to be good enough to get and I've I've made peace with it. And it would be great. Remember in Assassin's Creed Origins when they had museum mode where oh, you could yeah. wander around? 
I desperately want that for Destiny. I want to be able to luxuriate mm. in these cool ass raid environments. And watching what I saw today, it's bananas. This, well, in, this, what in they've Witch got Queen, they added the uh, the quest that took you through the first little bit of the right. raid, and that's the problem is it, it stopped yeah. very early on. But, and I'd still like to be able to just and, and even if you're doing a raid with a group, they're like, okay, we're grinding for for gear here. Well, that's why we're taking you along. And I'm like, God, I just want to look around and and enjoy the work should, that these people have done. Once, like in a couple weeks. Maybe, maybe a month we should look to see if there's a sherpa uh group doing uh pull-throughs yeah and, and a lot of times they're very low impact yeah and that's and that's it's nice that they've they do encourage it they've got a guided game beta that's still in play where they're they're basically saying you know take your time but it's still going to require a sick amount of skill sure. just to get through it and then on a normal uh difficulty level mm-hmm. so anyway it's it's even though it's getting crapped on by the community, the community is not leaving. That's the bottom line. Mm. And I don't know if that's because there's there's a there's still a whole year of content or two years of content is remaining as it stands. And I'm seeing a lot more of the we told like like what do you like posts on Reddit where they're saying, you know, they're they're telling us it's coming. Like we, yeah. we're not getting it right now. But it's coming. People who have a problem with Nimbus, uh, notwithstanding, like you, you can not like characters. But the the plot issues they had is that they're not waiting for the seasons that will will, will yeah. set it up. The, that's the good thing. The Destiny community is not mad that Nimbus is uh, non-binary. They're mad that he's uh, Jar Jar or Poochie. Mm. You know, that's what's that's what they're concerned with. And it's and it's frustrating. And I can understand how frustrating it is for them because. On one level, if you if you make if you say you don't like this character, the assumption is going to be, oh, you're one of those people. No, no, he's a very frustrating juvenile character that I, I, I don't this, like. This is the other thing when, like, you introduce you know a non-binary character or a, a character from a marginalized group, the, 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 the there's still a hurdle in that you need to make that a good character. Yeah. Right, like that. It's not enough. That I'm sure the that, character is non-binary yeah. or black or what. what it, it, it you need to make good characters. It's I, also the fact that this is an alien. I, I don't. Well, no, they're they're well, augmented human. They are okay. That's right. Yeah, they are. Um, but I don't have a problem with Nimbus. They were the newest of the like. It, it, this is a profession that they're in, and right. they are the rookie. They're the junior. They've just come into the full ability of this position. And we have never been exposed to this type of character before. Sure. Anyway, like what the, these cloud striders are effectively guardians for, for Niamuna, but they're human. They don't have the light. They don't, they, they can't be they don't resurrected. A, they don't have a thousand, like he can't die and come back yeah. and die and come back. They they, have, they've got that one life. They're augmented to the point where they can live for 10 years. They have a 10 year job and then they just die anyway. So that's that's kind of the the weird thing. So I mean, it's it's very they've got a very you know live fast die young outlook mm-hmm. because that's what they have in store for them. And as a side note, this is actually interesting as well. One of the things that was initially frustrating about the area is that there's no people running around because by design, Niamuna is basically an, everybody's uploaded their consciousness online. And they exist the in cloud, this world. The cloud arc. They have these weird little wispy ghosts around, basically, and those are the people of Niamuna. So rather than render characters, they just have to have a simple little beam of light, and that's supposed to be represent this character. 
and so there are people around. You just don't see them yet. And in the in the campaign, you you meet nobody except for the two cloud striders and the news guy in your ear. And now the game, now that the game is 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 running, now you're hearing the, the other characters that are in this world, and they're so, relatively well fleshed out yeah. too. And, and but it's just it's just it feels rushed in a lot of ways, and, right. and that's what's been frustrating to the users at this point is that we we blitz through the campaign, we're tossed into this universe. And it doesn't have the same flow as that they've established with all the other campaigns, so it's it's been frustrating. But I'm still more than happy to let it play it. It's I I was very pleased with the beats we got in the story. Mm-hmm. The legendary campaign was was a challenge, a legitimate challenge, yeah. and that was nice. And we cheated. We didn't cheat. We used some out of bounds. <laughs> yes, not, we- not even really out of bounds. We got into some <laughs> oh. slightly unintended areas. Where they couldn't hit us, but we could hit them. Well, I mean, mm. the, the the callous one, they could actually Any both of them. you can get, you know. Yeah, honestly, God, we would have been miserable. The nice thing we is we've gotten the gear bonus from Legendary. We don't have to do it on subsequent characters because yeah. you can only get that one bonus on a single character. So mm. uh, when I run through on a subsequent character, I can skip cutscenes and just run it in regular mode and kind of face roll it. But this, it's still... A tremendous game, and the new the new uh, strand technique. It's <sighs> it's it's so unique that it actually is going to take time for us to learn how to use it, mm-hmm. and that's and that's new. I mean, because when they introduced uh, stasis. stasis a few years ago, it was also like it created giant ice crystals, and it took a while for people to get used to how to make a build around that, and it, and it, it changed the game drastically. And Strand is absolutely doing that. So it, they're they're doing so much good work, and right now it's being overwhelmed by this initial wave of negative criticism sure. from the fans. And but as I said, the key is that people aren't abandoning the game. No, they they're they're frustrated, mm. but they're they're going to stick with it and they're going to keep playing. And I and also Neomuna just. Um, Aesthetics wise yeah. is great. It's like a nineteen uh, eighties neon drenched uh, future. It's like if retro futurism happened in the eighties. Yeah, very very vaporwave. Sure, it's it's yeah. really well so, yeah. well specked out. And the season content all takes place on Earth, which is interesting. So the the all the life fall stuff is in Neptune, but all the all the current season material is taking place on Earth. It's we, so we're it's fighting a, very, a war on two fronts. That's, basically. yeah, and that's that's the the presentation and and. I know I'm, I'm jumping around here, but the th- thematically though, it's interesting because the campaign is this blitz. But you say we're fighting the war on two fronts, but we ripped through that other side of the war story wise, and now we get to go through the the gradual uh, blowback from what happened in that situation. And it's going to tell. I will mention that week two, the story content was incredibly light, which is a little distressing. Because normally they're not, they're not doing huge story beats every week, but this week's was incredibly thin, and I'm hoping that they're building up to much more much larger story arcs as we go. But. I, th- I think they're just introducing all the different areas we have to go to for yeah. the uh, the battlegrounds, yeah, and then we'll start getting into the Marasov doing things. I still don't think there's another game like it running right now. Oh, it's, no. it's just a, it's such a crazy. Powerful I world. I haven't run into a game where gunplay feels better and the abilities 
all feel it's unique. A, it's a power fantasy. It's a true power fantasy, and and it's such a fantastic world. And and I'm so excited to see to see if they can stick the landing. And now, mm-hmm. and everybody's terrified that they're not going to stick the landing after what's happening with Lightfall. But so I guess the question then is, can they? Is that even possible? Right? Can, <laughs> right? You, can like, you meet those expectations? You did invoke the Last Jedi, and and that <laughs> fucked with so many people's expectations. And I was so excited to have those expectations. Yeah. You know, and that's the difference, right? If you, if you are open to having your expectations fucked with or not, yeah. Right. That's that's the yeah. difference. I think that's why I'm I'm more embracing Lightfall and really enjoying yeah. it is because I I don't I don't care if it's not exactly what I, I want. I like having my assumptions challenged. And, that's that's the difference, right? And it's, the uh, it's it's neat enough that I'm really I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the rest of the seasons. Yeah. All right, I'm going to have to move us on if we're going to keep this podcast under any kind of reasonable mm-hmm. level. So, oh boy, that means we have come to, we should have an actual sting for the, hit, hit, hit the sting. The top five, and this time it's me. Oh, that's right. And there's been some drama around this. Recently, I literally changed my number five today. Does that make really? it in, internal drama or so? It is oh, kind of you you drama. chose Custer's Last Stand, didn't <laughs> yeah. you? Oh no! So, <clears throat> what will help explain this is to describe what my what my previous last five was, why I changed I'm in, it. I'm and interested, then, and then why what the new one is. So, what did it used to be? One of the things I would like to do, at least for me, with these top five choices is to at least try and play some of the game mm-hmm. before we talk about it, even if it's super old. Now, of course, sometimes that's not going to be possible, in which case this wasn't possible, but there was an old Operation Pug stream that I did, of which the archive still exists, that I went back and watched. And it was previously... Marvel Heroes Online slash Omega. Ah, really? I would have thought they'd been higher on your list. Nope, it was number five, and it was a challenge. It was, mm-hmm. it was you know, it was tricky. But you, you were cutting the fat yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's the thing that changed. What? Um, the Tech Pod recently had a very good episode on dark patterns, and if you don't know what dark patterns are, they are kind of mechanics in both video games and in social media that that kind of uh are are ways to hook the player into keep playing the game Mm -hmm. i have i have no idea what you're talking about mobile games are like the perfect example of this kind of thing right um not the game we just talked about no of course not how my point is like like sometimes they're fine sometimes they're benevolent sometimes they're you know they're they're a good uh way of keeping people it's a loving hug instead of tether Keeping people engaged with the game is a good thing, mm-hmm. but keeping people engaged to a point of like where it's an addictive behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think Will Smith, not that Will Smith of TechPod, had a very good definition for what is a dark pattern versus not is how do you feel when you walk away? Mm-hmm. Right. Do you feel better? Do you feel good that you engaged in this thing? Or was this just an addiction that you had to feed? Right. I realized watching the Marvel Heroes stream that I did that my whole trip with Marvel Heroes Online was largely a dark pattern. Really? Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't 
I didn't walk away from that game going, wow, I had fun. Mm-hmm. Right. I walked away going, oh, I need, I need this thing. I need the next thing. I need this thing. I don't think I engaged with it like that when yeah. I played it. I, I think I really did. And that's why I have struck Marvel Hero. Now, I, the history of Marvel Heroes Online, which, again, is no longer playable because it shut down. Well, and also the people that made it great at the beginning left relatively early on. David Brevik left, um, and it went downhill. It get, So it was always pushing towards the monetization thing. Well, the, the bro who was running Gazillion at the end of it was basically just trying this, to open this wallets. This is the part that kills me, okay? So at the very end, the company was taken over by... I can't even believe this. This venture capitalist named mm. David Von Dorman. Yeah. David Von I do Dorman. remember that. He is the name of a Marvel villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and he ran the company into the ground. Yeah. Um, and, and he was probably behind the three different rebrands in the, in yes. less than three years. Um, and it, it just, by the end, it was such an addiction loop. Yeah. And that was, that was the thing of it. And I didn't even realize it how, how bad it was. Well, you had it on multiple platforms with multiple almost platforms. all the characters. Yeah. No, I had like, you, you name it. And the stream that is up on the Operation Pug, uh, uh, YouTube channel is me prestiging Nightcrawler, which means that I was re-leveling Nightcrawler for like the third or fourth time, you know. Um, and I knew all the tricks of how to get there quickly and all mm-hmm. the, it was just, it was not good. Uh, I, I, it was straight up a, a psychological addiction to that game. Wow. And I realized that just by watching the stream. Huh. So it's like, huh. And just because of this episode of the tech pod really kind of made me hyper aware of like, of what dark patterns are and how they operate and how they've affected me and how like in games that I, a lot of the games that I realize I enjoy and that I play frequently do have a lot of dark pattern stuff built into them. Was um, it, was it your entire top five? It, no, but <laughs> okay, it's not my entire Thank top God. five. Um, and it kind of informed how I'm approaching the Neverwinter server because like I'm doing a lot of the stuff that dark pattern things do, like repeatable daily quests, like, you know, grindy things. But again, there's a way to do that so that it's enjoyable for the player and makes them feel good versus forces them to feel like they need to keep playing the game to advance. Interesting. Yeah. So what I decided to replace, and this was a hard choice because I had kicked it off my prop top five list, but it has come back because the good version of that is Diablo 3. Mm, yes. Diablo 3 is my top five. Or my five, my, my, my number position five. number five yep. of the top five games of all time. And we don't even like, we've all played it a bunch. So yep. we know. And the thing about that is when it launched, it was not in a good place. Literally shambles. Yeah, uh, this is clearly designed for consoles. <laughs> it's not just that; it was the cash shop. That it was, was it big, was real money yeah, auction house. Yeah. It basically pay to win. And they and the drops were horrible. The drops were horrible. You couldn't get good gear. If you wanted to get good gear, you had to go again. Dark basically, pattern. You, basically you had, had to, buy to go it. to yeah. the auction house to get the good gear. So, and, and it, there was such a backlash against that. That they went, you know what? We're going to fix this, 
and they did. Loot 2.0. Loot 2.0 so fixed that game. It saved it. Yeah. How how long was it between launch and 2.0? About a year? Uh, just 20, over a year. 2013, so, yeah. 2014? It was not a quick transition. It was not, no. I, it might have been late 2014 because I got into it 2014 or 2015 because I had read so much uh, brutal stuff and, and uh, you and our other podcaster at the time convinced me to get it eventually because we were changing it. How long was it before the console version came out? Pretty long. It was, was it around the same time, sixteen yeah. or twenty. Yeah. So it was after seventeen. Oh yeah, yeah. it was never designed for consoles. They had to do so much work to get that thing ready for. But I the don't console know version is superior version. Is yeah. by far the superior version. Yeah. So yes, as we've all played Diablo three a whole bunch, we know how fun that is. And the thing is. There is no, I mean, other than the seasonal thing and the fact that the seasonal thing is timed, but even then the time is generous. Yeah. So like you could do a season. It is achievable in the amount of time that you have. It is only rewarding. There is no sense of, oh my God, I got to do this thing. It's it's mostly carrot, no stick. Yeah. Oh, it'd be cool to get that, that pet. Yes, this thing, it's its only, that's it, it's exactly a carrot and stick situation. There is no stick, it is all carrot. And mm-hmm. that is the difference between a dark pattern and not, right? It's its how, how does this, at the end of the day, I've invested my time, how do I feel about the time that I've invested, you know? And with Diablo 3, I can safely say I have loved all of the time other than the first year yeah. <laughs> that I put into Diablo 3. We still play it on the reg. Yep. And how old is it? 2012 it came out. Jesus. Yep. That's a long tail on that game. They are just sunsetting the final season. Well, I don't know. If if Table of Four tanks, they might bring it back. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I hope they learned the lessons and that Diablo 4 won't repeat the same mistakes, although there's a chance it will. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But... Um, have you pre-ordered four to be able I to play the beta? I have not pre-ordered four. Because the beta is this weekend or next weekend? Something like Soon, that. I think yeah. it's next weekend. We will see. I am holding that at arm's length. I am absolutely in, but we'll just see. I am not a day one. There, You've done this before, though, where you, where you bought a game... And, and the beta was so bad you canceled it, right? I no, think that was me. Happened. That was Marvel Heroes. <laughs> the, the, oh, Marvel's Avengers. Marvel's Avengers. Avengers. Yes. That's yes. right. That beta you immediately severed. And you, and you, yeah. So I mean, you could pre-order it and cancel it without getting charged. Theoretically, I don't know. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna wait for the first sale. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna see. I'm gonna watch streams. Like you know, I'm sure Next Lander will do a Diablo thing. I'm sure somebody who I enjoy and trust will do some Diablo Four stuff. I'm just gonna see because I'm not entirely confident in the current. Uh, you know, administration of Blizzard to right. execute on that. Because so. it's impossible to separate Diablo 4 from Diablo Immortal. Yes. And the the, the battle pass and all yeah. of this stuff. And I'd also, not just that, I mean, Diablo Immortal is kind of its own thing off to the side because that was a whole separate company that did that. But um, Overwatch 2 is yeah that's a really bad it is like if you want to talk dark pattern stuff there's a lot i haven't played it so i don't know Mm -hmm. but what i what i read they took a free to play or they took the the paid game and made it free to play but made it worse yeah so i'm like "Mm, we'll see so three um because now let's 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 be clear your love of three is based off of 
your love of the first two games. Kind of. Okay. So, Well, they, they set the table at least. Yeah. I was big into Diablo 1 because it was such a unique thing at the time. And it was you know built off of NetHack. And I love NetHack. Um, I, I am not one of the lovers of 2. 2, I, I know, has a, such I a huge... I spent a lot of time in 2. The rune stuff yeah. they added it was really interesting. Akarat which didn't exist in one because one was basically a single town and a big dungeon. It was, it was, it was one big dungeon. Um, adding uh, the jungle in two took me kind of out of it for a while. Cause I hated those pygmies. And if you were anything <laughs> other than a wizard or another ranged, the other ranged Amazon, um, even the necromancer could make a little, but I was playing a barbarian yeah. and they were just such a pain in the ass cause they would shoot a dart at you and then run away. You could see where they were going yeah. into, mm-hmm. but they still had kind of the shackles of the restrictions of one. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I, I am, I was not that into two, three is after loot 2.03 is where it really got me. What's interesting to me about Diablo is the fact that it, it has the story mode. But it's not about the story mode. Mm-hmm. Like you get through the story mode, you're like, that was fun. But the the meat adventure of the, mode. the meat of the game is adventure yeah. mode, which is still story mode which, over and over again. Which only got added like a couple years in. Yeah. So that's crazy. I yeah. I, I, for, I forgot how long it, no, was. it was. It I was bought story it mode, it came up, but I never and actually then, played it. Then mm-hmm. you just kind of redid story mode. Right. Yeah. And, and but the numbers went up. Yeah. Now that that's that is exactly the thing, right? The numbers go up. That is what the loop of Diablo is. Mm. And I know people have like you know the, there's there's some people who really need story and I appreciate that, but I also understand there's a kind of archetypal thing about kill the monster, get the treasure. There is a very fundamental primal thing about that. And that's what Diablo three particularly engages with in a way that nothing else I think that I've played has. And it's action oriented. Yes. And that and trying to, just plow your way through that loot table because yeah. there's like three things you need and you're just going out and it's loot pinata time. <laughs> like remember the one season where you'd get the random like goblins everywhere yeah, and, and you'd go through and we just kill all these goblins. You, it's just loot oh, it was, everywhere. It was, and that's, that's kind of an indication that, okay, we know why you're here. Yeah. It's, you know? it's <laughs> right. dopamine. You're seeing all yeah. those uh, exotic lights on the ground. And that's something they could only do late in the game. Yeah. When yeah. they had the, when the, most once, of it had been Once done. it had been matured yes. and they could really start like driving those seasons in. Yeah. And that was, and that was a real hook when they, when they did that. It now was here's the thing that makes it not a dark pattern. What did you invest to do that? Just time. You bought the game. Period. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Your time, exactly. yeah. and that was it. Like they were give, like the seasons weren't an extra charge. Yeah. There was no yeah. you, you cosmetic the core game. Store. You bought the one expansion, and then it, then they later on added the Necromancer, and that yeah. was pretty much it. But that's yeah. the thing. Those were like again one time fees, and it's just like how much do, you will get out of it. What you put into it, mm-hmm. time wise, not money wise, right? Yeah. I I can't believe the amount of support Diablo 3 has got over the years despite the fact that it is there's no monthly fee there's no well, microtransactions offhand nothing the like only that. comparison I can think of is No Man's Sky yes for a game that has had so much support after uh, launch without I mean, an extra cost without an extra last cost last year was 10 years of active support for Diablo 3 yeah yeah like which is great no and, and people will still be buying it 
you know, otherwise you think Blizzard. Actually, it's probably because they, they haven't had they, released. They put for it out on the yeah. Switch, like yeah, they, that, yeah exactly. Any, that, any, was, that was pretty recent. Any service, and it wasn't even streamed on the Switch. It's great when people are willing to put yeah. the effort into getting it on other platforms. Yeah. I'm, I hope and that it's, they'll it's let it keep going. Because it's old, er, yeah. that you can do that, yeah. right? Because they've, you know, they now they have the remastered Diablo two, which wasn't as compelling. It was also kind it of was part fine, of the but it, it was, was part of the dark like, time as well. Yeah. So that was after remastered Warcraft three, where they literally nerfed the game, like things that you could do in the version, the retail version that you owned on Battle.net. You couldn't do in the remastered version, and they had removed the they, retail version. They could not have botched that more. It was a, such it was a bad stunning. ending. It was stunning. so the fact that Diablo two wasn't a complete clusterfuck mm-hmm. was basically oh okay. This isn't well. The bad. reason it was because they didn't do it, much. It wasn't. <laughs> like, it, was it wasn't just, great. It was a cosmetic restructure, and that it, it. it wasn't enough like, to get me to invest in because yeah. I own Diablo two on Battle.net and. Like, I've got the original version. Mm-hmm. I did not feel the need to go out and get the remaster. Yeah. Because 3 is still satisfying. Extremely. It, it, it scratches yeah. every itch that Diablo Way 2 ever Way better did. than Diablo 2 exactly. ever did. Exactly. Well, and this, it's the, the replayability. Mm-hmm. It's the, the seasonal thing. Like, everything they did about Diablo 3 was very smart and very um, player-focused. Yeah. Like, it is, it, is, it is a game that wants you to play it, not to... In, to get their money or to it's just to let you have a good time even if you can't think of something to do you can go out and grind bounties in the different acts yeah. and get a whole bunch of loot from um Tyrael. it's very zen yes. yeah yes exactly and that's a that's part the of that's Diablo why it's trance not a, is real that's right? why it's not a dark dark one because it's a more zen trance you just kind of go in, it's the fugue what we go into yeah. sometimes in destiny even where you just you just do your super and you just start murdering things and you just forget where you are and you're just yep. in yep. that zone and and it's kind of a bliss in a lot of ways it's a it's a power fantasy yeah absolutely and diablo definitely has that same and zen they, style. they understand that core loop in a way that is very refined that is very yeah. specific and and, they, and they've only made it better yeah and you just make yourself a tornado they, you whip through a dungeon they've removed all the barriers between you and getting what you want and it's funny because i I'm using some of the lessons of that as I'm trying to build out the Neverwinter server because, I mean, again, it's a completely different game system. Loot goblins when? (laughs) There's never going to be loot goblins, I guarantee you that. But, you know, the pacing is completely different. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand that. But the, the, the way that the loop works and the balance between what you can do versus what the enemy can do there's such a fine line between that. You yeah. know, you you have to get that just right. And if it's not, if it's balanced either too far to the player or too far to the monster, then you've you've lost it. You've you've lost a player. There, One right? of the best things about Diablo three is going through the torment levels and yeah. figuring out where that that tipping Where's point, point is yeah exactly like t3 is too easy but t6 i'm running into like i'm i'm popping too many times so like t5 t4 you yeah. want the best gear you want more xp but I'm you also dying a lot but you, i'm able to you also want to tear through things 
like their tissue paper, but you're getting the best rewards. So finding that balance point is what's always... My, what's my TTK? What's my time to kill? Let's the, go. It's always the best part. And then when you get to the end of like a season and you're tearing through T10s and you're just yeah. like, there is nothing in between me and godliness at this point in time. I want to punch through drywall, so not tissue good. paper. Yes. <laughs> so there we go. That's, that's it. That's my number five. Now, I, I loved your setup for this. For I'm, the record, the, the fact that the dark the dark patterns thing is really satisfying. But recognizing that, you know, that's yeah. important because Marvel Heroes Omega was a, a big point. Like it was a game that we both like. It's it's one of still my top played games on Steam. Oh, listen, I think I don't think there is another game that I have more hours in than Marvel Heroes. Almost the entirety of my rare achievement showcase is Marvel Heroes <laughs> Omega. And it was like for what it was. I mean, for those of who don't know, we never even got into this, but Marvel Heroes online slash Omega was basically Diablo, but Marvel superhero Diablo. It was a no brainer, which is why I substituted Diablo three for it. Yeah, (laughs) but But it it was it should have been such a such a success there were there were some yeah. really like mid doing midtown stuff was always great the the core of the game the actual game itself was fantastic it's just the way it evolved and the way it, the direction it went was yeah was super uh, I, can, I can see it now yeah but at the time like the, the time i sank into it i don't recall go coming away going you know oh god i need if to you want to talk about dark patterns i'm not going to give any actual numbers okay but when it went under, when it went under, it was it had just had a console release. Yes, and I had spent some money. Yeah, on the console release, getting all the costumes and all the stuff that I wanted. Again, dark pattern stuff. Yeah, and thankfully, I had a very understanding support person at Microsoft who refunded me all of the purchases that I had made just before it went under. Just, yeah, I, when it went under. Yeah, um, and it was way more than I thought it was. I won't. It's I'm a little gonna, horrifying. When yeah, you see it was yeah. like that was the wake up call. That's like, fuck no, I cannot afford this. Yeah, I mean, and just, that's how a dark pattern works. Yeah. You don't realize it's working, right? That's that's the thing about it. It's like when you look at the Sims on on and how much they charge for the expansions for that. Yeah, and if you were hardcore and you bought all of them, somebody it's like two thousand yeah, so dollars. No, I think it was four thousand dollars for all the expansions. If you, if you for the needed Sims 4. to have all of it, it which yeah. would be literally insane, but that's how much they were cheerfully going to take from you. All we needed was the Roomba pack and people <laughs> to stop pissing on the floor. <laughs> yes. So there we go, Diablo three number five. In the show notes, link the uh, Sims. Um, YouTube video the, the sim, we did the sim pug the operation sim, sim pug yeah. it's in there somewhere I'll put the I'll, you know what the operation pug thing has been linked already well yeah. it, it'll be in there I, I I watched that video again and it was so much fun was, trying to turn the pretty good turn Strom into a vampire into a vampire oh god um, so speaking of the operation pug characters you know if you join the Neverwinter server you may recognize some of the NPCs oh, that's god. all I'm saying that's all I'm saying I how will about, how about the Gollum works with uh, with Wayne and Noel? I think you're, I, uh, be a thing. I I will stand beside Noel and voice him <laughs> for anyone. Thank you. Good. Here's one of the disappointing things about you know we're going off on a tangent. Surprise again mm-hmm. about the Neverwinter server. 
I have decided to not use hack packs, which are the custom the voice like, acted yeah. lines. But like, if I did, we could add all the voice acting. Oh God, in. yes, like, I could. You know, that would be a thing. Like there, a New Jersey paid toilet. <laughs> there is a way around it that I may entertain that we're, where we can do like optional downloads. That mm-hmm. You can say if you don't have this, it's fine. But if you do want to download this, stick it in your your override folder, and then you can hear the voice I, acting. I will say personally, I prefer text. I don't. I don't like. Good. Voices. I'm glad because. Oh, traveler! I hear that you need a new <laughs> gadget. I might have what you might need. See, I prefer that. I, but, you I know. hope you're not scared of sewers because I need you to kill seventeen sewer rats. 17. Bring me their tails. Oh, ten. It's always ten. All right. Anyway, I think we got to call it here because otherwise we're already over time. Anyway. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, everybody. As always, stay tuned to all the socials. The link tree is in the show notes. Um, podcast at operationpuppet.com. If you've listened this far, you really deserve a copy of Neverwinter Nights. So send an email to there. I will send you an email back with your game key Thank you, everyone. We are going to stop now because if I don't, I'm not never going to stop talking. So have a good week. You have been listening to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet podcast. Visit www.operationpuppet.com for all our links. Tell your friends, give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts, and join us again because nothing is more entertaining than aging nerds giving their opinions on the internet. <laughs>